Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Hurt at Sports Radio. The one, two. Swinging a ball, hitting the air to left, going back is Peralta. Out of the track, it is gone, a home run. Straightaway left for Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Out of the second row of the bleachers. His first home run of the postseason, and the Diamondbacks leading 4-1. Everybody on their feet at Truist Park. Acuna third, two down, three and two. Four, three Phillies, bottom eight. The pitch to Riley. Swing and a high fly ball, left field. That one back towards the wall. That one is gone. Austin Riley. It's a two-run homer, and the Braves have the lead. Second and six of the Packers nine. Jacobs marshals out of the backfield slot right. Empty set for Garoppolo. Shotgun snap. Quick throw. Off of the middle. It's caught. Touchdown, Myers. A quick slam to Jacoby, and he leans across the goal line. Touchdown, Raiders. On a beautiful drive to go up 6-3 here in the second quarter. The total team effort tonight, and then we knew it was going to be like that. Uh, it's just one of those things we got to use this momentum now to our advantage, you know, try to get stacking these wins. Uh, but, yeah, this was a big one tonight. Good morning and welcome in to Herd Out Sports Radio. I'm Ravi Lula, Andrew Rogers. <laughs> it is the morning. It is the morning. Andrew Rogers joins me today. Andrew, what's going on, man? Back in the chair. This kind of feels weird. I told you this morning I walked in and I'm like... I, I tooled my body. I retooled my body <laughs> to get out of the 5 a.m. wake-up call, and uh, now I'm back. You've got, so, uh, you've got a little Godfather 3 in you. Just when you're out, they pull you they back pull in. They pull me back in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, and this weekend definitely wasn't a great weekend to come off of yeah. to get back up for the 5 a.m. shift well, as my were, sister got married. Oh, so you were back home, right? Oh, and we stayed up way too late on Saturday. <laughs> Fortunately, I had, um, I, I had the ability to come back on Monday, but I stayed up way Way too late on Sunday, too. Um, and that kind of happens when I'm back, either with my family or my friends, you know. 
Yeah. Things get a little loosey-goosey. Yeah, you know, it's like, oh, hey, guys, let's go out at 1030. And it's like, all right, yeah, we'll go play Golden Tea at a bar or something You're like, like that. Goes, that's, that's my bedtime, 1030. No, I, I know. And I'm like, ah, oh, we can go somewhere else after. And, like, n- nowhere, like, crazy. But, yeah. like, you know, you, you stay out. The, the night's still young when it's 130 in the morning, right? Right, yeah. Uh, no, because uh, it was about 330, and we were making our way home Oof. on Monday morning. And uh, I knew I had to get on the road for the six and a half hour drive. Didn't end up leaving my house yesterday until one, got back at seven, and I'm like, all I want to do is sit down. <laughs> like, that's just all I want to do. And I, hey, you know, laundry still needed to be done. The room was messy, and I'm like, ah, oh, this is this is crazy. I can't wait to wake up at five tomorrow. So here I am! And here we are. We <laughs> so what's, what's the best part of that drive? The drive from St. Louis to Omaha? Yeah. When it's over? When it's over, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> When I get here, um, I think the best part of the drive is when I see Hamburg. Hamburg, Iowa. That means you're almost back. Not only that, no, it means I'm in a sports betting state. (laughs) (laughs) I sound like a very southern boy. Correct, yes. And so once I'm there, it's like, wow, I can do a multitude of things. (laughs) I can either get back in 45 minutes, or I can pull off to the side and play something for Monday Night Football, which is what I ended up doing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's probably what I'd I'd rest at. I'd I'd say Hamburg. Okay. Uh, But the drive isn't fun. No, it's It's not. It's easy. It's like it's four turns. Yeah, it's not a bad. It's not a difficult drive. It's not no. a great drive. No, you're you get on Highway 40 in St. Louis. That runs into Highway 70. Highway 70 runs into I-29, or rather 435 at Kansas City, yep. which runs into I-29, and then you're back in Omaha. Yep. Like that's it. Pretty it's much. a really easy drive. Yeah. But it's flat. It can be really boring. Traffic is. I, nobody knows how to drive. No, especially no as you're one going knows through, like, how to Kansas drive. City. Going through Kansas City is a mess. And dude, like. I, I hope we have a lot of truck drivers that listen to our show because I'm sure this early in the morning they're like, oh, my gosh, you know, I, I'm in Omaha. I got to turn into 590 or, you know, I'm close to the Tri-Cities. Like, I got to I got to turn on the turn on uh, Herd at Sports Radio. But, man, I, I, here's a PSA to all my truck drivers out there. Stop changing lanes when you're going uphill. Mm, yeah. When you're driving uphill. And, yeah. like, I don't mind if you want to get around another truck, mm-hmm. right, as long as you're not, you know, Doing slowing that, down like, traffic too much. We're doing that like jockeying back and right. forth thing where they're like sort of like matching speeds. But and stuff. man, when they, th- whenever they change lanes, it seems like it's always uphill when I'm driving. So I have to slam on my brakes and, you know, to get that truck going up this hill, how are you beating the guy to your right? Yeah. How are you beating the truck that you're trying to pass? Well, I mean, it's going to slow that truck down too. <laughs> Maybe. Like, what are we okay. doing? I'm, I, I, I think they're out to get me. They might be. You know, they're trying to keep you from You know what I think sometimes? Like, you know, I, I'm going like eight over. Maybe I push the limit. Maybe I pull back a little bit more. But I'm, I'm going past some truck drivers. I think they're on the radio. And they're like, hey, watch out for this Ford Escape. It's a white car. And like, whenever they get close, make sure to pull into the left lane while going uphill because it, it'll piss them off. <laughs> I don't know if it's all that coordinated. That might be a little – you might be in your conspiracy. Oh, am I? You might have your little tinfoil hat am on. Am I just like when the, the alert went off on our phones? Um, gosh, what was that? The, the emergency alert oh, system like showed Saturday off. Like or Sunday. Y- you know what's funny about that? Did you guys like read into those stories a little bit? I know this is a sports radio show, <laughs> but you know, allegedly. Here we are. Uh, did you see that there were like numerous groups of people that got in trouble because they had their cell phone go off 
to the emergency alert oh, system. No. Like Amish people got in trouble. <laughs> uh, and like some got even shunned from like their community. People that weren't supposed to have a yeah, phone. Yeah. And prisoners. <laughs> I was going to say <laughs> prisoners. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, nobody – well, the Amish people thought if I if I put it on vibrate or silent that, that it, it wouldn't go off. Yeah. Uh, yet but the emergency system overrides like everything everything yeah, unless yeah. your phone is completely off yeah unless it's off off and prisoners had no idea <laughs> <laughs> they were like ah what's happening <laughs> hey, i'm surprised they got that quality of uh, cell phone prisoner prison. 134 why are your pants buzzing <laughs> i thought maybe i mean i thought we were still working with like flip phones at prisons i don't know we were working like <laughs> yeah. with the smartphones and have the have the alert system on there. I know. Uh, well, you know, we, hey, you got to watch out next time. No emergency alert system. You're getting it, prisoners. It did scare trouble. me though when it went oh, off. Oh, me too. And I'm so, so out of touch with the news, yeah. so I didn't even know this alert was coming. I, I didn't either. I, I heard it from somebody else, but I didn't pay too close attention yeah. to it. And when it went off, it was what, like two fifty-eight. They were supposed to go off at three. It went off two minutes early, and I about jumped out of my shoes. Yeah, standing in the kitchen making a sandwich. <laughs> oh. <laughs> There it goes. Yeah, it was aggressive for sure, which I, I understand. You know, if you're trying to alert people, you probably want to wake them up if you have to. I, I get it. But, no, it was uh, – yeah, it wasn't I, – I didn't think about the prisoners and the Amish, though. I didn't think about the, <laughs> the plight that they might be having. Um, as Andrew mentioned, you can hit us up on AM590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities in central Nebraska. Of course, you can join us on YouTube, Twitter. You can watch the stream anywhere you find your podcast. We will be – uh, we will be doing a good time. Uh, we will be doing a good show. I think today we're gonna have a good time. I'm hoping that's the idea at least. Uh, we'll have a couple guests for you here today. Obviously, your uh, your regular Tuesday guest, Mike Schaefer, on Who at I nine a.m. Can't wait to talk to. Yeah, listen, he's been feisty lately, man. You got you better be ready to go <laughs> after it. <laughs> he's always feisty. He's, when he's, is he not? He's he's got some vinegar in him lately. At seven forty-five, we're gonna talk to Tom Kakert. From Hawkeye Report, he uh, covers Iowa football, who plays in, I think, unarguably the best Big Ten game this weekend with Wisconsin. And then we'll talk to Patrick Erb as well. He uh, is a writer for the Weekend Warrior covering. Good matchup this weekend. The, yeah, that's probably the best one on the slate for the Big Ten. I mean, not probably. It definitely is. The rest of the – and low-key, Wisconsin and Iowa, pr pretty good. They are pretty good, but I don't think but they're I overly impressive either. I was—I think they're pretty good, and I think they're also not that good. Right? <laughs> they're kind of uh, they're man. You, you look at Nebraska's schedule, and you're thinking, uh, is Maryland the toughest game they have? I think left? it is. I think it is. Like genuinely, I think I think Maryland's. Which that's you, a super weird world to be in, where you're like, yeah, we're 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 pretty worried about Maryland. We're okay with everybody else. Well, reflect <laughs> back to what we were talking about before the season even started. It was kind of like the Wisconsin show in the West, right? Like, oh, yep. that's the that's the one. I think they're going to be pretty good, and and they look pretty good right now. But let's also not forget that they don't look perfect either. No, they certainly don't. And, and you know, it's kind of funny because a couple weeks ago, right, the narrative was that hey, Wisconsin is is kind of struggling a little bit, and they're you know they they didn't play well against Buffalo, and they're you know they're not playing great football, and all of a sudden they're still five and one <laughs> they're still they're still but i mean some teams that are four and oh four and one whatever it is four right one, yeah I, I still don't know how they are well and they and the, you know they lost that game to washington state before we kind of knew washington state was pretty good 
and then they don't really light the world on fire against Georgia Southern. I guess like, Florida State actually five and zero. They are five and zero. I've right? watched. I've watched. Like, all are they of those. really the fourth best team in the country right now? I don't know. You you look at like who they beat. LSU was a great win. LSU was a good win. They yeah. did beat Clemson when they didn't even have Travis. But then you see them play against Boston College, and you're like, you beat them by two. Yeah. So that was a super weird game, right? Because they're up thirty-one to ten, and then it seemed like they just packed it in, and forgot there was almost an entire half of football <laughs> left. They're, oh no, we we you guys want to finish this one? Okay, that's our bad. Uh, so you know, th- it is. It's a super weird. It, honestly, it's a super weird top of the college football uh, landscape this year, just because. You know, Where's Bama, right? Yeah. You think that for one. You thought that for one, but then at the same time, after that Texas loss, Bama's been pretty good. Mm-hmm. I still don't trust their quarterbacks, oh, right? Man. You know, you look at Georgia and you're like, oh, man, they're not playing great. And then they go and just wax Kentucky, who I thought was playing pretty good. Is Oklahoma a good defense? I think so. Like, th- I think well, so. Let, let's go back to what I just said there, Robbie. Is Oklahoma <laughs> a good defense? Like, did I, I put know. Oklahoma and defense in the same <laughs> sentence? Well, now that we they got Lincoln Riley out of town, <laughs> <Right>. that bum. <laughs> because, my goodness, you, you, you look at Oklahoma's name and you're like, oh, they're just going to get – they're probably going to get plowed by Texas. The way Texas' offense Texas, moves. And I thought Texas might have been the best team in the country going into mm-hmm. that game, and like, from what we'd seen. You know, Dylan Gabriel has is, is really come yeah. alive this year yeah. more than he did last and year. he was okay last year, but – I would say he was above average yeah, last year. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, he would have – I mean, Nebraska would have taken him for sure. <laughs> well, he, they but killed Nebraska last year. Yes, like they – he he has looked even – a couple steps above where he was last year, but I thought I was really bought into how physical that Texas had been, and uh, Quinn Ewers looked really, mm-hmm. really good. And, uh, you know, uh, watching them and watching Bama and Alabama and Michigan, I go, you know, I think either Michigan or Texas is probably the best team in the country. And then Oklahoma comes out of out of here and says, you know, give, give them the old Lee Corso, not so fast, my friends. <laughs> 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 the only Lee Corso thing I, I remember is uh, when he called that, that little boy – an M-I-D-G-E-T oh, on yeah. the show. Yeah. And I'm like, what is happening? Like, Lee, I don't think you can say that. <laughs> uh, he also has had some, like, really uh, hot mic moments where he drops, like, F-bombs and stuff if he messes up with the— And Kirk just dies. <laughs> yeah, every he time He loses Kirk is like, his oh, mind. No. He looks like a soccer player who just missed a goal. He puts his hands <laughs> over his face. He goes, oh, no. <laughs> like, looking to the heavens Lee for Corso guidance. has no rules. Like he's in, in his contract, I think it says <laughs> you can do and say whatever you so. please. And I, you know, I or he's just on impractical jokers and they're feeding him something through a headset. That and that's just what he repeats. Actually, be a little funny if we found out the last several years had been a it's bit. It's Joe Gatto. Yeah, it was just it was just a <laughs> bit. He was just messing with us. No, it uh, it's one of those things where um, I I kind of have a lot of nostalgia for college game day because of of what it was when I was growing up. And now I'm kind of like, eh, I don't love it anymore, but every once in a while I still kind of tune in and go, you know, still nice to see Corso with a with a mascot mm-hmm. on his head. And um, I love the addition of Pat McAfee. Yeah, he brings a different dynamic for sure. He brings energy. Yeah. And that show had gotten probably a little stuffy, you know. And I'm not always – listen, I don't have anything against Pat McAfee. It's still old reliable, though. It is, for sure. I mean, it's the best thing going still, right? Not that – I don't think big noon kickoff can't compete, but they're still little brother. Yeah, it's not the same. It's really not the same dynamic. And I just don't know that 
the big noon kickoff really knows who it wants to be yet. Like, well, they want to be college game day, right? And, and you're trying to repeat something rather than like create something, exactly. Which is is never good, right? You wanna you wanna kind of create your own thing and ha- let people find it for its own value, right? But I, I do like I like Pat McAfee on. You know what I kind of low key really like him on is the Pat McAfee show. The broadcasts oh. when he does because he'll like stand on the sideline because I actually don't love the Pat McAfee show if I'm being totally <laughs> honest that doesn't shock me like there's I don't know they're loud he's they're like, kind of obnoxious yeah, he's you're, like you're a little more buttoned up he's like yelling a lot and I'm just like I don't why are you yelling at me Pat I didn't do anything uh <laughs> well they have Aaron Rodgers on so you have to like it <laughs> no it's no it's honestly the, the most awkward part is when AJ Hawk's head is just sitting there for like 20 minutes and he hasn't mm-hmm. said anything yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because they're they're flopping between. Yeah, because there's like twelve co-hosts well, on that show. Who's producing? <laughs> like that. That's yeah. That's not on Pat. That's on the guy pushing the buttons. Yeah, but there's no way he needs all twelve producers or however many mm-hmm. people are in there. It's like he took. He saw the uh, the Dan Patrick show and he's like, I need even more producers and just doubled everything. He's got like eight guys in that room. Chuck Pagano is just sitting in there for some reason. And then he was, he was, just, he was in there the other day. He was just, like, sitting there, and then he'd throw to him, like, once every six minutes, and Chuck would be like, yeah, Pat, I agree. Be like, thank you, Chuck, good stuff. <laughs> uh, and then A.J. Hawk is just sitting there with his giant linebacker head, and he just doesn't say a word for, like, 20 minutes that, until – That is true. Until mm-hmm. Pat throws it back to him. I was that like, hey. That is true. Man, it's, but his face is on my TV screen the entire yeah, time. why are we cutting to him? <laughs> it's not a movie. You don't need to show this character again until he speaks. And I feel so bad for him because I've been in a situation where you're just kind of like, hey, I just – you know, I kind of have to, like, look like I'm paying attention. Right. Like, even if you are paying attention – like, if you ever done, like, a work call or something and you're on Zoom – and you are paying attention, but you're all, you, you kind of just want to sit here like this. Uh-huh. But you know, if you do that, your boss is gonna be like, "Hey, Ravi, I need you to be like engaged a little mm-hmm. bit." So you have to kind of have to sit there and be like, "Mm-hmm, yep, mm-hmm. oh yeah, that's a good point." And that meanwhile, like you're just watching a football game. Yeah, on your I'm laptop, like, I've got my <laughs> phone right your here. Phone. I'm just like, "Yep, absolutely." <laughs> and that's that's the entire AJ Hawk experience on the Pat McAfee show. It's just him trying to look like he's paying attention so that it's not super awkward that his face is half of my TV screen for no apparent reason. <laughs> so I do like Pat McAfee. I ironically enough don't like the thing that he got famous on. <laughs> <laughs> what punting? <laughs> well, more famous. <laughs> Let's be honest. Way more famous. Fair enough. Fair as enough. the uh, I do like this the the field goal. That they do with a student, though. Yes. Um, yeah. I, I look forward to that kick yep. because you, you have so many you have so many keyboard warriors out there that when your kicker misses, you know, the game winner yeah. or a PAT is missed during the game, you just instantly take to the buttons. You get button happy on Twitter. You post something and you're just like, yeah. But it's like, have you kicked a 42-yard field goal before in conditions oh. of no, at all. windy just or d- wet? Don't even or, need conditions. Right? Or, or just uh, have you ever y- kicked a 42-yard field goal? You're playing Madden, right? And, and <laughs> yeah. you, you can switch weather conditions to windy, rainy, or fair, and you have it on fair, right? Yeah. Because that's for you, right? No, nothing going wrong, no wind, no nothing. So you're kicking a field goal in perfect conditions. Just getting it there is hard. That's what, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, the distance is harder the than the ground. accuracy. Just getting right? it off the ground is hard, especially if you're doing it from a hold and mm-hmm. not off a tee. Some people will take a football tee out there and be like, oh, kicking's not that hard. I was like, hey, they don't kick off of those. Right. They football, kick, you football, know, football. get it. Get it. <laughs> thank, so, you, thank you, Bob. So the kid kicking this week was yeah. um, an Oklahoma fan mm-hmm. at, at Texas, right? 
and you saw him line up for his kick first, and he tried to do what every kicker does, like the three-step back, two over, but he ended up doing like three-step back, three over, and I'm like, oh, he's going to hook the yeah, heck out of this thing. way too far. But then he re he lined back up, and I'm like, man, did Pat McAfee be like, hey, man, like, <laughs> it's, it's kind of like uh, the Bryce Young, Miles Sanders thing where <laughs> yeah, you push him like over push him like one extra yeah. step, and so he lines back up, kicks it well. Yeah. Like you, you look at the kick and you're like, oh my gosh, like this has a chance. And it landed short. Uh, 42 yards is a, is a boot. Now is, correct me if I'm wrong, is the money they receive the distance from where they kick from or is it always a PAT? I'm not sure, to be honest I think it's you. always a PAT. I mostly just watch the kicks. I don't, I, I think. It was 45K. I think there was money in, I, like I knew there, I think I knew there was money involved, but I was like, I'm. I'm just curious. That's to not tuition like. at Oklahoma, right? Out-of-state tuition. Is that 45K? Uh, it might be out-of-state. I'm not sure. Because I'm assuming that's how they yeah, I would how they handle it. Like, you get a year's worth of, of tuition. tuition. Yeah, you or is it a full ride with that 45K because you're in-state? In-state might be four years. I mean, honestly, right? that might that's, be. We're going to Google. Hmm. We're going to Google Oklahoma. Somebody help me out. We're going to Google help University of Oklahoma tuition here i wonder how many people go to that school it's got to be pretty big i would i would guess so but then again i heard notre tuition, which i knew they weren't big like huge yeah but they only have like 8300 undergrads and oh four that's even smaller than post grads i think yeah. or, or um graduate students uh, i guess university of oklahoma is about 12 grand a year in state so that would be about almost four yeah, years yeah the forty-five thousand dollars would be yeah well, that would help. That, yeah, that's <laughs> that a would help. That would, that's a chunk. <laughs> and I'm assuming you, you probably got some type of academic scholarship because you can't kick a field goal. So I know you're not on 31,000. Know, wow. I think that's undergrad. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a good grip. Thomas tossed out the number 27K on, on YouTube. That might be right. I'm not sure if that's, under, if that's just undergrad or. Uh, well, may, maybe. Well, well, maybe. Was that post or, or per semester? No, I think that was per year. Per year. Mm. Yeah, you're right. Notre Dame, 8,600. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah, I would have thought at least 10,000. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's I think Lindenwood had more. That's barely more than Creighton. I think Creighton's at like six. Sheesh. Creighton, just like Notre Dame. You heard it here first. <laughs> Same architecture. <laughs> <laughs> Same tradition. I mean, listen, Creighton hasn't lost a football game since the 40s. That's true. That is true. Point spot's a lie. When did Notre Dame lose? <laughs> this weekend. Yeah. Two days ago. So losers. Yeah, come on, guys. <laughs> my uh, my new brother-in-law. Yeah. Huge Notre Dame fan. Okay. Huge. The biggest you can find. Um, I swear that he he is a perfect representation of what it means to be of a Notre Dame Irish. fans. <laughs> okay. And they had the stream on at the reception. It was in a separate room, but you could like walk in there, see the score, and I, I kind of forgot about it. Because yeah. I knew they were starting it up at 6.30, but, you know, it was a long day's worth of adult beverages. Sure. And, you yeah. know, chit-chatting it up with family As and one friends. does at a wedding. Right. So I go back into the room uh, to look for a charger, and I look at the screen, and I'm like, oh, Louisville's kicking butt. <laughs> 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 Could not believe that Notre Dame trailed uh, as much as they did. Uh, because Louisville is not, not as good of a team as they showed against Notre Dame. No. They aren't. They almost lost to NC State the week before. Notre Dame's offense has uh, shriveled up. I don't know what's happened. They looked pretty good early on. I get it was not great opponents, but they've totally just dried up. Mm -hmm. I, like, it's the Sahara out there. I don't know <laughs> what happened. I, they thought Sam Hartman was going to fix all their problems, and it looked like he did early. 
and then all of a sudden you start playing decent teams and they can't I mean they could barely score against Ohio State and you go oh it's Ohio State well no that right. makes sense whatever and then they struggle obviously against Louisville and you're like maybe they can't mm-hmm. score. yeah they barely got by Duke yeah they barely and and you know I I'm pretty high on Duke, and so yeah, like, oh, maybe you know Duke's okay. They have that last minute drive. Right, but you threw in o- the Ohio State game, but I'm yeah, no, I was just you're right. Yeah, they, the they re- I mean, I think what they scored 22 against Duke mm-hmm. or 23. It wasn't they didn't score a ton against Duke either. Um, so but is Louisville the 14th best team in the in the country? Probably not. Maybe I don't. They know. are ranked above Oregon State. Yeah, I don't think they're better than Utah. Oregon State. I don't think they're better. Well. Do I get Cam Rising or do I not get Cam Rising? Right. <laughs> but still, this is, this is where yeah. we're at. Yeah. Duke. Yeah, I don't think they're better than Duke. UCLA. They might be better than UCLA. Washington State. I don't think they're better than Washington State. Tennessee. Eh, I think they're better than Tennessee. Notre Dame. I mean, obviously they're better. Right. <laughs> I guess they're better. LSU. Ooh, maybe. LSU can't stop anybody. Yes. LSU can't stop anybody. But they did come back and, and find a way to get it done against Mizzou. They did. I don't know how good Mizzou is, though, either. Mizzou's a good – I think they're a good team. I, I don't – I think Brady Cook is a little overblown. Sure. Um, because I watched him play in high school, and he was not – Not that. He's not that. Not that guy. Um, but they have arguably the best receiver in the country. At Mizzou? Burden. Yeah. I mean, Mar- Marvin Harrison Jr. might have a couple words to say okay, about that. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll retract. I'll retract. <laughs> the best receiver in the class of, well, I'll carry the two. <laughs> 2026? 2026. Well, Beca- because he came out in 2022. He's the best offensive prospect sure. in that class. All right. More of Hurt Out Sports Radio coming up next. You're listening to Hurt At Sports Radio. First and goal on the Packers, two end zone to our left. Garoppolo is under center in I formation. Snap, handoff, Jacobs, dances, forward, forward, touchdown Raiders. You're listening to Hurt At Sports Radio here on AM590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities. Find us on Twitter, YouTube, wherever you find us. We're powered by Cornhead Lager, the official mm. beer of the 1890 Initiative. You know what that means, Andrew. Every time you drink a Cornhead Lager, you're helping Nebraska football. How so? By helping to fund the 1890 there Initiative. It is. Listen, if you could drink beer and help out your favorite team, you know what I call that? Win, <laughs> win. It's not a win streak, though, because you have to have three things to make that a winning streak. Listen, I'm counting two in a row as a streak, <laughs> all right? It's a short streak, but I'm counting it as a streak. Is that the utopia world that you live in? Yep, just in my little in my little bubble here. We're saying, you know what? Two wins in a row, that's a streak. Uh, you know, there's obviously a lot we'll get to today. Uh, Nebraska football, as I mentioned, we're going to talk to an Iowa guest, a Wisconsin guest to preview the biggest Big Ten game of the year. The, but the game that you can sit down on the couch and take notes. Yeah, and also sit down on the couch, and I imagine that thing's going to move pretty quick the way <laughs> the way Wisconsin, or the way Iowa certainly wants to play, the way Wisconsin, I think, might play some, although 
without Malusi, you never know if mm -hmm. they're going to commit to that run game as much. And Iowa they without should. McNamara. Yeah, Iowa like, without McNamara. What is Deacon Hill? Iowa's going to try and make that game as short as possible. <laughs> We're talking 40 snaps. That's what Iowa wants. Just so you know, Cooper DeGene did play quarterback in high school. Hey, you never know. You never know. They may just say, like, man, if we want to get, if we want to keep, if Brian wants to keep his job, Oof. hey, let's have him play both ways. Little Travis, mean, Hunter's, little, little Travis Hunter style. <laughs> it's yeah. a little bit harder quarterback, I think. That <laughs> oh, was, is it? I don't know. I never played the position, but that might be tough. Um, you can give us a call at 888-638-4876 on the War Horse Sportsbook hotline. Um, you know, I <laughs> so I was reading this article yesterday about I kind of have this fascination with the sports they include or aren't going to include in the Olympics. And okay. I, don't, I don't know why. And so I'm on ESPN or whatever, and it pops up on my on my feed. Or might about. I'm know. assuming the Winter Olympics. No, this is this is like 2028. Like oh, we I think they're they're like in the round of trying to figure out what's going to go in the Summer Olympics in 2028. Okay, I'm a big Summer Olympics guy. Winter, man, eh, not as not as much. You're well, well, you're a track star. Well, you know, I'm a, I'm a runner. I'm a track mm -hmm. star. People forget this about me. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> so they might include flag football in the Olympics. That'd be sick. I was say I'm kind of into it. That'd be sick. <laughs> Can you? It's basically just get the like seven on seven stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Turning that into a Olympic sport. I'm kind of on board. I right there. I think I'd like it more if it was like the powder puff football game from high school, where <laughs> all the girls would play, like, and they would come from all different like walks of life. Yeah. Like one was a cheerleader. You know, this, these are the dancers. This girl plays softball. Like. If that was the Olympic sport, and then you had like former and like NFLers coaching these teams, I'd be so into it. That would, At least the U.S. team. That would that be, would be awesome. That would be a tough sell, I think, to the Olympic committee. Maybe, but you could also like pitch it like it's 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 rugby, right? Like women's rugby is huge, yeah, across the world. Yes, right. Yeah. So how about how about we just turn that a little bit into flag football? <laughs> Maybe mm. we could see. Listen, I don't know. I just want to recreate my high school days. That's where I peaked. That might be. There might be a men's and women's division. I don't know. But I was thinking about flag football in the Olympics, and I was trying to think because I have this again. I have this fascination with sports that like used to be in the Olympics as well. And so I was trying to think like, okay, what other sports could they include in the Olympics? And so I, I can't get over. They used to have tug of war in the Olympics, like with the rope. It's like a Guinness Book of World Records. Like you just played the most obscure thing yeah. just to get in. And I kind of like. Can you imagine elite athletes playing tug of war? Like I well, kind of got to be like the world's strongest man. I kind of be into it. Like, well, I, like that <laughs> is probably a sport that you would have fit yeah, right into. Hundred percent. Yeah. No, I'm obsessed with world's strongest man. I love that stuff. But they you like I would just I would kill for to see tug of war in the Olympics again. Um, I would be fascinated. I mean, they're trying to get baseball back in the Olympics, which is always good. I always enjoyed the uh, the the baseball in the Olympics, but I, d I, I don't know. know. Ever since the World Baseball Classic, I'm you kind of over it. I'm kind well. I'm yeah. just I, I got my fix. You got your international. Yeah, baseball. so I don't know if I need it. Mm, that's fair because they do. I mean, they do soccer. Little League World Series, similar soccer. Right. They do both. They do the the World Cup and right. the Olympics. Although usually Olympics for soccer, they do like U23 mm -hmm. teams and stuff. So which is not really the team that you're used yeah, to it's, seeing. Yeah, it's a different team out there. So that would be interesting. I just I kind of like. I kind of like that they're trying some different things. I is really like cornhole going to make it? I'm out on the cornhole in the Olympics. I just I need it to be a little bit more athletic. How about washers? <laughs> no. <laughs> you know how precise you're you have to be? How about the ring toss that you play at the bar you're on just, the string? You're just you trying to, to get in the Olympics. <laughs> oh, am I? <laughs>
<laughs> Andrew's like, what are the bar games yeah, that I could no. get into the Olympics? Washers in? is my game. You're wa- big washers guy. Big washers guy. Okay, yeah, mm. I've never, I've, I haven't played a ton. I'm not. A, but not th- a, that, that is a lot of touch. Yeah, that is a lot. Got a of finesse. You have good well, arm. You have good arm talent. <laughs> finesse is great. Yeah, but it, but it's also uh, muscle memory. Okay, um, yeah, and so that's why I like it. Just because reps. Yeah, it's, it's just repetition. Like yeah. darts. Like, cause you, you the way you were throwing. Well, I like darts. I like darts. I'm not very good at darts. Okay. Because like, there's too much of the, there's too much of the board that c- is considered a miss. Yeah. But sure. in washers, all you have to do is hit the box. Yeah. And then you know, occasionally, if I throw it down the center and I hit the cup, then boom. Yeah, even um, better. So as long as I, I don't know, I just like the feeling of washers because I, I'm good <laughs> at it. So that's probably why I like the feeling of it. Yeah. I, th- all right, let's get let's get back to real Olympic sports here. <laughs> <laughs> like flag football. <laughs> like flag football. Oh, so it was flag football. It was tug of war. And give me like another one that was just. I mean, I would love. I would love to. I mean, this hasn't been in there yet. But you know, speaking of things that we like to play, I would love pickleball to get in the Olympics. <laughs> Living that life. You know, with how hype it is, <laughs> it might it like it's, shock me. It's actually not out it of the question, shock right? Um, no, the one that I always wanted to see in there was because they do Olympic lifting. I wanted to see powerlifting in the mm. Olympics too, because mm-hmm. that would have been kind of. My, I wasn't Olympic level, obviously, um, but that would have been – I always enjoyed watching that, so that would have been cool. But I just thought that was funny. I was like, flag football in the Olympics. Because, you know, you kind of – you know, it was a big deal kind of back in the day. Americans would always talk about, hey, like, can we right, get football right. in the Olympics? So who would be on that team? Would it have to be like – I mean, you're talking about your – so you're probably doing a quarterback. Do you have an age? Do you have, like, an age range? I don't. I think it would be anybody. They haven't, okay. they, they haven't really decided yet, so I don't think they've put limitations right. on it yet. So no age range. Yeah. Are you looking for, like, a – a recently retired NFL player to be your quarterback? Either that or I think you're looking at a fringe college guy that hasn't quite made the NFL yet. Like the XFL. Kind of, yeah. Your yeah. XFL. Like Jordan Tayamu would be perfect. Some of your – maybe you're some of your arena guys that are really good. Because mm-hmm. arena actually translates to 7-on-7 seven seven a lot. There's kind of a – since it's sort of a more open, less pass-rushy environment um, from, from traditional So, football. like, maybe like a Chris Strebler. Yeah, or like, hey, let's get our guy Tommy Armstrong Jr. in there. Or for the Tommy Armstrong. Let's go. He, uh, I think, just led the beef to a championship last year. I mean, come on, got some, got some championship we, pedigree. We have an With Olympian potentially in our backyard. Potentially. <laughs> well, there's a, I can't remember his name, but there's a guy that plays. There's a guy from Omaha. I think he's from Ralston or teaches at Ralston or coaches at Ralston. One of those things. He is a he. He played in the in the three x three basketball. Oh, yeah, yeah, there was we, a coach we, at or West Side, wasn't it? Uh, maybe it was West Side, yeah. Or maybe he went to Ralston and could have been Could have been a com- combination of uh, a group of people because I remember um, Anna Bellinghausen doing yeah, yeah, a yeah. story on that. Yep. And I think they came from around Omaha. I want to say we used a West Side connection maybe to even get in contact with – maybe he teaches at West Side. Maybe, maybe that's what it yeah, is. Yeah, um, but he, yeah. But he either teaches or coaches here in town. Um, so yeah, let's get some more Olympians up here. Get Tarmit. Tar- no, but like, let's let's go NFL guys here. L- let's say the NFL okay. guys decide they want to play, like the NBA guys playing the like Olympics. current NFLers. Yeah. Okay, Who I was wow. gonna say, would there be a chance that Who there would be a dream team that would be put together? Because some of those flag guys, football, dream Kyler team. Murray would be my quarterback. Ooh, I want somebody shifty. Better. I want somebody can move, can scramble, can like we, can and, we, and he's small. Can we get Tyree Kill? The reason I went. What's that? Let's get Tyreek Hill as a yeah. Tyreek Hill is great. Number one. Okay. Well, and the reason I want to go small, fast, and shifty okay. is because 
like it's not you're not about like wrapping somebody up. You really sure. have to like reach and grab yeah. the flag. And if I can move, elusive quick, is important mm-hmm. here. Elusive. So that's I think Kyler Murray would fit that perfectly. Plus he <sighs> won't be a Cardinal next year. So I say, will be on. So he's available. <laughs> he's available. So that helps. So okay, you get I'm a lot of you get a lot of wide receivers, a lot mm-hmm. of defensive backs. I like yeah. Tyree yeah. Kill. Tyree Kill is a, a game changer. But you need somebody with a lot of size. Yeah. So you need kind of a big dude like Kelsey. Kelsey would be good. Kelsey would be really yeah, good. Kelsey would be solid. Which means you um, have to have Taylor Swift then. Well, well, she yeah, she can sing the theme song for the flag football <laughs> in the Olympics. Or the Olympic theme song in general. Who knows? Let's not limit Taylor Swift. She can do anything she wants. Um, <laughs> I'll just shake that off. I want to I wanna think about this in the break. I want to figure out. Because I don't think Kyler Murray. You don't I, like Kyler Murray? I don't think he's the right answer, but I, I might just be biased because I he's been I think he's trash in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So, but he might be he great may at be flag perfect football. in flag football. He might be great at flag football. We'll think about that and we'll talk about it a little bit more, as well as plenty of other things like Major League Baseball playoffs. Oh, that else, happened uh, allegedly. Can we talk about base running a little bit? I think we might. That's mm-hmm. all coming up next on Herd Out Sports Radio. You're listening to Hurt at Sports Radio. And a single tailback. Now McNamara is up under center. They run a draw. Touchdown, Iowa. Jazz Patterson scores on a counter draw over center and right guard. And I don't think he was touched. And they had everybody on the line. Welcome back as we wrap up hour number one here on Herd At Sports Radio. I'm Robbie Lula. That's Andrew Rogers. Here I am. And I want to tell you real quick about our friends at Dingman's Collision Center. They've got four great area locations here in Omaha. They can work on any make and model that you've got for them with the latest technology. Best, pl- best of Omaha first place 18 years in a row. Family owned and operated. And best part about Dingman's? their give back program make sure you go to dingmans.com to check all that out uh joining us now on the warhorse sportsbook hotline is tom Kakert from hawkeye report tom how are you this morning i'm doing great how about you guys we are doing okay you know i i was looking at the potential or the matchups in the big 10 this week and i mean iowa wisconsin might be the only one uh, that's even <laughs> yeah. a little intriguing. <laughs> um, yeah. If I don't know, I'm not. It's not a. It's not a high-profile weekend in the Big Ten, is it? <laughs> it is no. It's, it's really next not a murderer's I don't, row. I don't think next year we'll have that problem. I think there'll be loaded. You know, some uh, three or 100%. four interesting games every weekend. But boy, <laughs> there's some. Uh, what Michigan State uh, Rutgers isn't uh, tickling you to this weekend? No. I was really more of a Not UMass really. Penn State guy myself. But, uh. Yeah. Oh my God, the UMass. Uh, uh, but James Franklin will find a way to cover late. He'll <laughs> he'll make sure they. He certainly he'll, he'll, will. he'll run a trick play or something late. <laughs> he certainly will. Uh, Tom wanted to kind of get your perspective on this Iowa team because they've. I know they've had their issues, especially offensively. Obviously, uh, you've got Cade McNamara out, which is a huge problem as well. But, I mean, 
along the way, Iowa's still 5-1, and one, and you kind of look up, and you're like, oh, I thought they weren't having a good year, and here they are, kind of where you always expect them to be. I guess, is that just from the outside looking in, or has that kind of been the perception around the program as well? Yeah, I was just talking to a friend of mine about that this morning. Is like, Iowa just seems to invent different, weird, strange, odd ways to win games. I mean, he he mentioned to me, he goes, he goes, I was probably the only team in the country, you know, minus a service academy maybe, that can win a, a conference, a, a Power Five conference game, uh, and not have a completion to a wide receiver. <laughs> you know, they just invent new ways, odd ways to win football games. But hey, you know, and uh, as as they, the, the old, all the old coaches say, an, an ugly win. Uh, it's a pretty loss any time. As long as you get to 26 points, right? <laughs> yeah, that, that too. We're, I mean, we're, I, mean, I just don't, I don't see, you know, unless something really changes, I don't see how they're going to get to the 25. So, but they may end up, you know, uh, it's like I told somebody last week uh, before the Purdue game, I could have seen anything from them finishing four and eight to 11 and one and nothing would have, surprised me a whole lot uh now they're at five wins and um you know if they win this week at wisconsin and again they're close to double figure underdogs right now but it wouldn't shock me if they went up there and won mm-hmm. um they're in the driver's seat for the big 10 west going into november probably I mean, Tom, not only are in the, in the driver's seat for the Big Ten West, if they win against Wisconsin, 11-1 and one is legitimately on the right. table. Even yeah. if they lose. They will be favored. They will be favored in every game. Even if they lose, the, you're the probably season. staring at 10-2. and two. Right. And so we're in this super awkward position, right, where you're talking about a 11-1, and one, maybe 10-2 and two football team potentially, and they're certainly not going to score 25 points a game. Mm-mm. So, <laughs> it's. I mean, are they really going to – force Kirk Ferentz hand to fire his kid after a season, <laughs> even though like he obviously didn't meet the metrics, but they end up winning 10 or 11 games. Like, how is that? How, have you, I mean, I, I assume you've gone through these scenarios in your head because they're not crazy. No, it's not. And none of this stuff is crazy. It, it you know, it's just, it's going to be an awkward situation. I just, I, I don't think there's, you know, it's like, uh, <laughs> it's just it's just going to be awkward it's mm-hmm. going to be a um you know um i honestly I, i'll be surprised if brian's back regardless just i think it's just kind of run its course and you know he'll probably uh, try to look to land with an nfl team at some point and and um you know frankly i was going to have to you know one of the things i've written recently was that Regardless of what happens, given what's going to happen to the conference next year with Washington and UCLA and Oregon, uh, you know, and, and USC joining the conference, and no Big Ten West to fall back upon, you know, the, the as I call them sometimes the Island of Misfit Toys <laughs> uh, division of the Big Ten, they're gonna they've got to modernize the offense. You just can't. You know, you've seen Wisconsin do it this year. They're, you know, I think Luke Fickle came in and realized that they, you can't play three yards on a cloud of dust anymore, and you got to get ready for that because the Big Ten West is going away. Yeah, regardless, you to take that next step, 
it, you have to part ways. In order to turn to turn this program from a good program to a great program, they need a great offense. And they have that on defense, right? They have everything that you have to like about a team on defense, but offensively, they just miss the mark. So 10 and two or eight and four or six and six, if that's what it ends up being and they're still in a bowl game, I think Brian Ferentz goes too. Now, does this Iowa team, Tom, have the same stability with Deacon Hill as it did with Cade McNamara to finish as one of the top teams in the Big Ten West this year? Yeah, they don't. Um, Cade was just, just a, more, a better quarterback. I mean, um, you know, and Deacon Hill has a big arm, uh, but he's he's also really inexperienced. He's very green. Um, you know, he, he had his struggles. There are a lot of Iowa fans that want to see Joe Labus, the – the uh, backup quarterback who actually quarterbacked them, uh, uh, you know, was the was starter in the uh, Music City Bowl against Kentucky and led Iowa to a victory. But even Joe wasn't great that day. So, um, it, yeah, I, they're just going to have to <laughs> ugly it up in a lot of ways uh, for the uh, rest of this, this year with uh, and, and try and get by with, uh, with Deacon Hill, Joe Labus, or whatever they – end up doing i know a lot of people have uh have suggested maybe uh cooper to gene and the uh wildcat would be a better option uh, i joked about that just about 10 minutes ago because i covered cooper in high school at oabcig and i knew he played both yeah. positions so um i i hope not for for his sake i hope not because we're gonna see a first round pick in him I, we we asked we asked him about that last week, and he he was open to doing anything. Yeah, because so, he's just that's yeah. that's his mentality. That's just that's him. Just, that's just who he is. Yeah, yeah, and that's what he did at high school. I mean, and he led them to state championships and everything. So, um, yeah, I, you know, I I would be in favor of some sort of small like you know a, a package of some sort that they put together to get him on the offensive side of the field uh, a little bit because he's. He's the most talented player. He's the most skilled guy. So why not try and get him out there for, you know, 10 plays a game and see what he can do? Tom, I've been wondering a lot about, obviously, not just the job status of Brian Ferentz, which has been, you know, debated pretty heavily. But I, I also kind of wonder, as, as Kirk Ferentz starts to get on in his coaching career and kind of at some point, I think we're, a lot obviously a lot closer to the end of it than the beginning of it yeah. I guess how do you think his what do you think his end game looks like at Iowa do you think he would maybe try and just have one of these one last great 10 11 win seasons and kind of ride off into the sunset or do you think he's gonna keep coaching till the wheels fall wheel falls off yeah that's a fantastic question uh because that and that is the $64,000 question for University of Iowa is what's the What's the end game here? You know, because I, I always use the the terminology. Where is Kirk Ferentz at on a round of golf? And is he like on the 18th fairway? Mm -hmm. um, you know, is a, maybe that's the the right analogy. But perfect way. Here's to the thing it. about Kirk. Yeah, here's the thing about Kirk. Is Kirk is he's a football lifer. Mm -hmm. His um, his identity is is, uh, is is football. In fact, you know, he's joked that. When he's done coaching, he'll probably still go coach somewhere. <laughs> uh, you know, that's just who he is. He, you know, just be go go be a 
line coach for a high school team or something or a, or a D3 team, and, and that would make him extraordinarily happy. He doesn't have, you know, like some guys take up golf or fishing or pickleball or whatever they're, you know, whatever you're doing. <laughs> um, he's just not one of those guys. He's just, he's football. He's a football coach. And um, his mentor was the same way, Joe Moore, a guy that they've named an award after is his mm-hmm his mentor and um and joe moore was the same way i mean he was coaching erie cathedral prep uh, mm. you know after he was done coaching notre dame and Pitt and everywhere else so i mean that's just who he is any chance that 10 11 win season if it happens this year that he goes out with his son uh it's a possibility um there's always a chance that he just says you know what it's probably time but um i i I just see him hanging on. I, I think he's still enjoying what he's doing. That's what he's told me, and that's what people have told me privately. He still loves coaching. Tom Caker from the Hawkeye Report. Tom, we appreciate your time. We'll talk to you again soon. Okay. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Tom. Hour number two of Redout Sports Radio coming up next. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back. Hour number two here on Herd Out Sports Radio. I'm Ravi Lula. Andrew Rogers Ayo. here with me as well. I want to tell you about our friends at Big Brothers Big Sisters. It is their mission to support one-to-one mentoring relationships that ignite the pro- power and promise of youth. Go to MentorOmaha.org to sign up to become a big you can also go to mentoromaha.org if you want to donate money or tickets to events for already matched bigs and littles. And uh, you can be a part of their organization that way as well. That's mentoromaha.org. Uh, so I, I think what we're going to do here, Andrew and I have come up with a, an evil plan or a master <laughs> plan, one of the other two. I'm not sure. I think it's a terrific idea, though. So we're going to come up with – and maybe we can push this out on, on the herd at socials too. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll, you we'll throw it together. We'll see. You know, it's it's just a little social media company. I don't know what's going on there. We'll see what happens. Um, <laughs> Is that what we do? I th- sometimes <laughs> we do lots of stuff. Um, we're going to put together our ideal flag football team to see in the Olympics. To see in the Olympics with current NFL players because they haven't told us no yet on that. Uh, so I'm thinking we'll go. We'll do one of those those five dollar, four dollar, three dollar, two dollar, one dollar. Yeah, the the things you see on social media. Yes, and will you get a quarterback, like two running backs? Well, let's do quarterback, running back, two wide receivers, and a tight end. 
Quarterback, running back, two wide receivers, tight end. Okay, yeah. yeah. So those are your five so, spots. Yeah, five, you four, three, two, one. $15. Mm-hmm. So we'll come up with that during the break here. We're just doing this on the fly. I didn't know it was going to go this direction, <laughs> but we'll figure it out. It'll be fine. Um, and we'll have a good time figuring out who. Because, I mean, I, where do you think? Do you think Kyler Murray is like a $3 player? No, lower. Okay. I, w- okay. I would say Kyler Murray is probably your $1 One or $2 quarterback. quarterback. Okay, cool. I, as long as we're would, on the same page. Here, would you add any Raiders to it, like maybe a Myers or? I mean, like Devontae Adams could maybe Devontae. be one of the, the wide Adams receivers. Devontae Adams would be a good wide receiver. Um, I don't think Jimmy G is going to make the cut. Josh know. Jacobs could be a running back yeah. on the list. Yeah, I don't see. I don't know if his running style is super conducive for flag football, but he could make the list mm-hmm. probably. Um, you know, but see, that's how we'll structure it yes. too. Like, would you like put a Christian a, McCaffrey? He'll be, be your a five dollar running, running back. back. Yeah. Right? Would Absolutely. you put a mirror in there? Abdullah. He actually would have a really good skill set for it. He would. Um, he'd I have to be a $1 player. Yeah, he'd, he'd be at the bottom of the list probably. But, but he, he could be that guy that you just pick up that nobody else picked up. Yeah, he could be your, your, mm-hmm. he could be your free agent, your waiver wire guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, waiver wire, yeah. If we're doing a, we're doing a little fantasy draft <laughs> He's here. 50 cents. Yeah, he's the, yeah you could do, we could have a, a quarter player too. Just you got to fill the roster a right. little bit. Um, so Christian McCaffrey, that's your $5 running back. I'm thinking like a Tyreek Hill is a $5 type wide receiver we'll figure this out we're gonna get this together we'll see if we can throw it up on social uh we'll have a good time with that um interesting stat i saw on twitter just random there there is a this is a complete list of college football teams this year who have rushed for at least 1200 yards and held opponents to under 500 yards total rushing a complete list a complete list would you like to guess how many are on that list list? i'll say three two you're very close (sighs) Wow. Okay, so 1,200 1,200 rushing yards, yards gained, mm-hmm. held opponents to under 500 rushing Now, are yards. these teams that are, like, off the beaten path, or are they, like, top 25 teams? Um, these would not be top 25 okay, teams. so then I'm not even going to try to guess. No. <laughs> one of them is your Nebraska Cornhuskers. Okay. The other one, the Air Force Falcons. Yep, see, I knew one had service to be a service academy. Service uh, school. I'm so, but the, the, the rushing – defense for the service school like good on you air force mm-hmm. oh well yeah well done there appreciate that for sure little navy like of last year listen i love i love me a little bit of navy football hey, I, i'm telling you what man every service academy better exceed in defense because I, what do yes. they do when they are out of school they defend they <laughs> <laughs> so I, they better lead the country <laughs> in defense i'm not sure those are direct correlations of skill sets oh it's not <laughs> That's not how that works. Yeah, defending like an ocean versus defending a spread offense is a little different. I don't know, man. I don't know. Kirby Smart is that big wave that you see on the water. I don't know about that. Can you imagine Air Force against Georgia? My goodness. Oh, that would be ugly for everyone involved. Nobody wants that. Um, For Georgia. Yeah. Don't want to get embarrassed by the Air Force Academy. They're... (laughs) <laughs> the goats, you gotta watch <laughs> out. No, excuse me, they're the Falcons, not the goats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that <laughs> 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 I can't help myself sometimes. Uh, wanted to switch gears a little bit here to uh, baseball playoffs, Andrew. I know yeah, you're oh a big my baseball goodness. guy. What what have we been? What have your thoughts been so far? What what's been going Kinda on? Kind of weird, you know. Wild card weekend went exactly as I pictured it would have gone, even with all the sweeps, even. Well, because that was a little weird. The, the sweeps were weird, yeah. but I meant the teams that sure, came that, out. Okay, sure. Uh, were, was exactly how I thought it was going to go. As for the games on, was it? 
What is today? Tuesday? Today is Tuesday. I'm all thrown off. <laughs> As for the games that happened day one of the DS rounds yeah, and day so two of the DS. Saturday. Right? Yeah, because Thursday and Friday were dark because everybody swept. Blew my mind that uh, the Braves got shut out in game one. Yeah. Blew my mind that the Dodgers lost like 11-2. to two Yeah, I got smoked. In game one. Blew my mind. Um, was it the Twins that... Twins lost game one, they won they, game two, so they split. Okay, so I was thinking about yesterday, and then it was the, Rangers, the Rangers are up 2-0 on the Orioles. That's insane to me yeah. as well. Now, the Rangers have always been a well-put-together team. Yes. Um, and, and we knew that coming in. Um, but as for what what we're seeing from these teams, like the Braves came back and won last Yeah, but night. the the – Dodgers lost again, so all of a sudden right. they're in an 0-2 hole against the Diamondbacks, who they beat by like 16 games in the West this year. And that's what happened to them last year. Yeah. Uh, but I, I just kind of want to nitpick one thing that I saw at the end of that Phillies-Braves game, and it, and it just shows how important the little details are mm -hmm. in sports. No matter what sport you yeah. play, if you do the little things right, more times than not – It'll pay off in the end. And more often than not, you'll do the big things right, too. So, get a runner on first, one out. Castellanos at the dish. Hits one to right center field. Michael Harris makes a great play at the fence. Okay. Where the play went wrong, though, was Bryce Harper was already rounding second base. Mm -hmm. So, when that ball was caught, he was probably three steps toward third. Sure. Then he was closer to first. Mm -hmm. And I just sat back, and, and, you know, it's easy to pick on him because it, he got doubled up on the play. And But, guys, let, let's not forget, too, that Michael Harris missed his cutoff, man. Mm -hmm. Missed them both. Austin Riley backed it up and still got Harper out at first. Mm -hmm. That's how far off Harper was. But the way that you're s supposed to run that is g you can either stand on second base mm -hmm. and, you know, lean toward third because worst-case scenario – you just run back to first, yeah. right? Yep. Full speed. You don't have to worry about rounding, touching the base, getting back to yep. first. You're nearly at second base. Or you play a little bit off uh, on the first base to second base line. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe you start to um, kind of like toe tap it, right? You load, load, load. He misses it, then run. Yeah. But the reason that you you do that little thing right, and, and, and you still probably score mm -hmm. because – that ball has to hit perfectly off the fence. Michael Harris is jumping into the fence. Yeah. That ball has to hit perfectly out of the fence to, to go to, yeah. is it Rosario and right? Is mm -hmm. that who plays right yeah, field yeah. for the Braves? To, to get to Eddie Rosario. Mm -hmm. Even if that happens, Harper's probably rounding third and going home. Yeah, decent chance he scores anyway. Right. So it's the risk-reward of what he's doing there. Or doesn't make sense. that ball isn't caught, right, mm -hmm. and you end up at third Yeah. with one out. And so now you have a sack fly, you have a ball in play to the right side, okay. whatever. Ground out, y yeah. Y you score a run, mm -hmm. but you extend the ball game. But instead, now, it, it kind of was – you saw it coming. Mm -hmm. Like when the Braves came back, you kind of saw that the Phillies kind of like swallowed it all. Yeah. Um, and here, we're about to watch it again. <laughs> Austin Riley smacking a home run in the eighth. Uh, but that's why you you focus on doing the little things right in sports, and that's mm -hmm. why I also think too. After listening to the Huskers, um, that, like Matt Rule in the post game, mm -hmm. um, 
and the announcers throughout the games this season. That's why I think it's critical that they're, you know, attacking, being penalized right now. Sure, yeah. Uh, and in order to set your team up for success, you have to do those little things right. Mm -hmm. Like, a false start happens, right? Yeah. An unsportsmanlike conduct penalty happens. Like, you get into the emotions of the game, the heat of the game, and boom, you know, it may go sideways, but you collect yourself. But you can't have that happen repetitively. Yeah throughout games and that's why you stress those things especially if you are at the level the skill level that the huskers are at right now you're not georgia no you can't afford right the mistakes you're not your margin of error michigan your margin of error is very thin to get a win you nearly have to be perfect yeah you have to in the little things yes yeah your margin of error is not big enough with your talent that you can afford those types of mistakes and still expect to win on a regular basis. Now, obviously, they got the win against Illinois, but it was ugly. It was ugly for sure. And and what did you know? What did our friend Tom just say though? Hey, take an ugly win over a pretty loss, right? Totally understand that. And I've said this: Nebraska hasn't earned the right to win pretty yet. They've that's that's not on the table for them yet. Now you can win cleaner. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. can win cleaner for sure because there's a difference between ugly and sloppy too. Nebraska's win against Illinois was both ugly and sloppy, right? But if they can clean up, if they can win clean and ugly, I think Nebraska lives with that and is plenty happy with it, right? Sure. Because just from a, hey, the quarterback play is probably not where they want it to be. Obviously, they, you know, I was kind of going through the list in my head the other day, right? So starting quarterback is out. Whether Harburg's better than Sims, like, that's totally up for debate, and that's a valid discussion. Side note, Harburg is one of only 12 players in the country mm -hmm. with 600-plus passing yards and 300-plus yards rushing. Yeah, like, I, I think he's been good, right? Certainly much better than we expected because we had no idea what to expect. He's been better than all. Jeff Sims. He has been better than Jeff Sims. Is he be the better quarterback overall? I don't know. I'd say yes. He's probably who I'd keep with going forward. But so the guy you thought was going to be your starting quarterback is out, whether that's a blessing in disguise or not, right? He's out. Your top two running backs are out, even though you think Anthony Grant's probably your most talented running back. At the very least, two of your top three running backs are out. You've lost from fall camp three of your top four wide receivers right now because Betts leaves the mm -hmm. team. Isaiah Garcia-Gastineas is, 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 is injured for the year. Washington's hurt now. Three of your top four wide receivers are gone. The only guy you have left is Billy Kemp, Right. You're dealing with true freshman on the field, true freshman on the field at wide receiver. You're dealing with, uh, you know, Teddy Prochaska, probably not to the point where they were hoping he'd be at this point. You're dealing with some guys getting banged up a little bit on the offensive line going in. Your running backs are depleted. Yeah, running backs are de depleted with two of your top three guys gone. You know, Anthony Grant gets banged up for a and second. You're against, and, yeah, and, and you're still three and three. Yeah, and you still manage to be three and three. So. Just from all those things that I laid out there, right? Like, it's going to be ugly. You don't have a choice for it to not be ugly. It, well, and, you know. Right? But you do have a choice for it not to be sloppy. The Big Ten West is just ugly. Yeah, it's ugly like, football. Let's just admit yeah. it. It's not football that you're sitting down on your couch and you're thinking, I'm going to see fest. 45 points today. Yeah. From it, one team. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, maybe Michigan. Maybe not even right? both teams. Maybe Michigan, <laughs> Nebraska, right? That's the only time we, we got close to it. But, I mean, let's be honest. Most of the over-unders in these uh, Big Ten West games are under 45. Mm -hmm. I mean, the number, like you're getting a lot of high 30s numbers on these why Big do you Ten West think, games. Why do you think Michigan, Michigan, Iowa, Wisconsin is set at 36 and a half? There's a reason for that. Yeah, because neither, like, I mean, especially Iowa can't score. They think with the defense against Wisconsin, they'll hold 
Wisconsin in check. Because Wisconsin scored a little bit some this year mm-hmm. as they've tried to modernize their offense like Tom was talking about. Um, you know, they've scored over 30 uh, three times this year. Obviously, they've got the loss to Washington State where they only get 22 points. They have the win against Rutgers where they only get 24 points. But Rutgers kind of plays like a Big Ten West team where they want to ugly that thing up. Right. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of Iowa in Rutgers. You know what I mean? Like that's the brand of football. And so like Nebraska's it's okay for Nebraska to play that brand of football. Right. But the difference between an Iowa and a Nebraska right now is Iowa plays clean and ugly. Nebraska's playing sloppy and ugly. If Nebraska can get to clean and ugly. Mm-hmm. Easy six, seven wins on the season. You're four and two if you played clean and ugly. Absolutely, right? You're four and two. You beat Minnesota, no questions asked, right? I'm not going to re-legislate the the Colorado game because how far out of hand it got. Mm -hmm. But so, yeah, take the loss to Colorado. Absolutely. They played great in the second half. Sure. Minnesota's for sure a win if you play clean and ugly rather than sloppy and ugly. And to me, that needs to be the goal moving forward. Like in the bye week, I wouldn't try and like revolutionize the offense or like get Harburg as comfortable as possible. But more than anything else, just get clean. Well, I'll tell you what, too. It, it's it's really, it's really going to pay off in the long run the way Nebraska's offense is looking at this point in mm-hmm. the year when they go out and recruit for not only more for next year's class but classes after that mm-hmm. or even the transfer portal because you're – you now know what you want your offense to look like. You mm-hmm. want that quarterback run element, yeah. right? With Jeff Sims, you thought you had it going in. Sure. Fans thought you yeah. had it. The coaching staff said, no, we're going to throw it more than we're actually going to have designed runs for him. Yeah. Now with Harburg, it's like, no. Designed like, runs. It's yeah. designed runs, right? We're, we're either giving it to Grant if um, he doesn't fumble the ball backwards one yard and <laughs> cause me to lose my bet, or um, you give it to Harburg yeah. who can run. 20 yards yeah. and, and not be afraid to take a big hit, yeah. to take a shot, to dive forward. Kind of seems like he looks forward to it a little bit. Right. So <laughs> uh, you can find, and, and this isn't a knock on Heinrich Harburg because he's a, he's a good football player, but he, you can find somebody that is even more highly touted or highly recruited than Harburg to play that position mm-hmm. and run the offense just like that. And if it yeah. works and you get to a bowl game and now these kids, I say kids, these high school kids, yeah. uh, see – the magic starting to happen at mm-hmm. Nebraska, you're going to get that guy that, you know, he may not be 10 steps above Heinrich Harburg, but he may be two. Yeah. And then, okay, now you have this guy that's two steps above, and and this is across all, all positions. Right. Like, this isn't just yeah. quarterback. I, I'm just using the quarterback as an example. Sure. Then, you know, maybe a year or two down the road, you get a guy that's two steps ahead of that guy. Yeah, now all and, of a sudden you're four steps ahead of where you were. And I think that's it's incremental, right? Well, and I think that's why Coach Rule preaches patience. Mm-hmm. He doesn't just say patience to the Husker fans and like, you know, doesn't also recognize that games have been ugly. Yeah. He he's saying patience because you know, you don't eat a full pizza in one sitting. At least I don't. <laughs> Most people don't, right? Try not to, yeah. Right. You 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 have, you know, your fill. Yeah. And then you have a little bit more later. And you have a little bit more until it's over, mm-hmm. right? And then, you know, you get a new pe- – same thing. But you don't ever just eat it all at one time. You you slowly get through it. Mm-hmm. And so wh- when I hear him talk about patience, I want people to avoid jumping to the, well, we're 3-3, three and three, and uh, oh, my gosh, now we have to get to a bowl game. Now we have to – because we're 500 now. We, we just have to get there because we, <laughs> we, we're – he's not saying you have to be patient in that thought. Yeah. Right? But he's he's telling you to be patient in – 
how the process is developing. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. And how you get it's from like point A to point B. Yeah. You don't give somebody eight years and expect them to get it done in one. Right. Yeah. And well, you would hope that they take strides at yes. year two and three. You want to see progress the whole right. time, right? But in year one, you, you can't expect to be at the finish line. Yes. And, and for me, you know, I, I know there's this because it's, it's like you were kind of talking about. There, it's patience in the recruiting and the, the implemental. You know, you talk about implemental progress or incremental progress in terms of wins and what the football team looks like and all this. But it's in recruiting, too. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I know everybody kind of got obsessed with this idea of getting Dylan Rayola, right, mm-hmm. like over the summer before he committed to Georgia. And that would have been theoretically a guy because, I mean, we don't know what he's going to look like on a college football field yet. Right. But theoretically, a guy who would be that 10 steps ahead of Harburg or eight steps ahead of Jeff Sims or whatever the number is, which was never quarterback. Right. But generally, you don't see a a a place like Nebraska who is not currently winning at a high level. Right. Go from, hey, we've got a this level quarterback with Heinrich Harburg. Now, all of a sudden, we've got an NFL guy in Dylan Rayola. You usually don't see it overnight that way. Sometimes a big time at uh, programs that are winning at a big time level, you sometimes see that jump from year to year and you see that huge improvement. You're like, hey, we finally got our guy. We're ready to go. But generally, whether it's on the offensive line, you take, hey, let's take two steps forward. Let's not worry about scoring on this play. Let's take two steps forward. Let's not worry about taking it to the house on uh, in year one. Let's get two steps forward. And if you keep t- keep keep taking those two steps forward, you're going to end up two, three years down the line with a dramatically better football team from top to bottom. And so I, I get I am curious though because you mentioned the kind of the different offense versus with Harburg versus Sims. I do think long term they probably want to run a little bit more of the Sims style offense with the running quarterback but less dependent on the quarterback mm-hmm. run. And I think that's the goal long term. Well, because that's what works in college football. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, you have a guy that can spread it around a little bit, but also mobile. Like two years ago when Navy's running every play. Yeah. Right? When I say running, like running. Like actually running. Yeah. yeah. And, and they're doing the RPO. Mm-hmm. They're not a top 25 team. No. no. No, no, no. You just won't be. No. You have to have some semblance. I mean, you have to be effective moving the ball through the air to be – a consistently good football team. And even if that's not – listen, I'm not saying you have to throw 40 times a game or even 30 times a game. Like, look at Michigan. There's a reason Coach Rule brought them up as the model, right, because they play hard-nosed, run-first defensive football. But, oh, yeah, they also have this five-star quarterback named J.J. McCarthy. Mm-hmm. They also have this quarterback that's probably going to be an NFL draft pick in J.J. McCarthy. That is a totally – that is a total game-changer for them, and that's what we talked about, right? They made that incremental progress from – I can't even remember who was starting before Cade McNamara, but from where they were f- f- four years ago to Cade McNamara. And then they make the incremental progress from Cade McNamara to J.J. McCarthy. And then J.J. McCarthy himself made progress from who he was as a freshman to who he is now as a junior. And all of a sudden, Michigan might be the best team in the country, right? Even at really high levels, you take those tiny steps to get where you want to go. And that's, I mean, that's the sustainable model. That's what kind of excites me about the potential of what coach rules doing is because it is this isn't a flash in the pan thing that's tied to one guy or one quarterback or whatever right it is a sustainable growth model that hopefully hopefully people will be patient for whatever the hell it is <laughs> <laughs> and, and all that being said though yes you want it you want it to be crisp you want gameplay to be crisp um, you, you 
you want to relax on the turnovers. Yeah. Right? You, you want to relax the on the penalties. Before you get any more talented, you can get cleaner. Mm -hmm. You don't have to play sloppy just because you don't have the talent level you want. Right? That is not a prerequisite for having talented guys. Um, before we switch gears here, I believe we've got Cody on the Warhorse Sportsbook hotline. We have still have Cody Shane. <laughs> right as you asked for that, he picked up the phone for a new caller. <laughs> uh, we might we might have lost him. Um, that's okay. We have a little internet. Uh, Cody's still up there. He was still up there. That button there right there. Technology. Nope. I love technology. It's my favorite. Technology. Do we still have Cody Shane? Yeah, we still got him. All right, let's go to Cody here yeah, on the uh, Warhorse Sportsbook hotline. Cody, what's going on, man? Oh, not much. I was just so excited to talk to Andrew because it's Christmas today. It's Let's go, season. baby. LGB. Go. Is, is tonight the passing of the torch from Sydney to Connor? <laughs> well, I don't – well, gosh, I mean, what about McDavid? Are we just, like, uh, forgetting we're just, about we're him? We're about Connor McDavid? We're not doing that anymore? Nobody can do that. No, we're not doing that. We're not doing Jack Eichel. It's the <laughs> Connor Bedard show now. <laughs> hey, Connor Bedard is special, man. How quickly – how quickly did people forget about Taylor Hall? Uh, well, Taylor Hall kind of did that to himself because he really just fell off the map. Um, yeah. But he was a stud in New Jersey, a stud. Yeah, and now he's just now he's just Taylor Hall. <laughs> he just has a first and last yeah. name. <laughs> yeah. No, but, dude. No, Connor uh, Connor McDavid. As long if you, as, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. As long as uh, Bedard doesn't have to go up against Marc Andre Fleury, he should be all right. Yeah. Well, he, he did way too much on that shootout attempt. Way too much. Yeah. I, I love the little trip Fleury gave him there at the end. Like, welcome to the league, brother. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's Marc-Andre Fleury to a T. But uh, Connor Bedard, yeah. is, he, he's a revolutionary. A, what is the word that you like to use? Talent. Generational talent. Yeah, he is a generational talent. He may, yeah. he, he, he may be uh, worth everything that, that comes his way. Every every word right, you speak, every breath you breathe, Connor Bedard is worth that. Cody, yes. we, Cody, we so, appreciate the call, man. We got to get time. to a break, bud. I'm sorry. Okay. Appreciate right. the call. No, Cody, Cody stay. Let's talk <laughs> NHL. Uh, David, hang on the line. We'll get to you coming up next on Hurt Out Sports Radio. You're listening to Hurt at Sports Radio. Welcome back to Hurt At Sports Radio. I'm Robbie Lula. Andrew Rogers and I have been furiously putting together a list for you. <laughs> of we got this going. We, we've got a – we're putting together your Olympic flag football team, theoretically. There is a chance that flag football could be included in the Olympics in 2028 Bizarre. or future years, which is a little goofy, but, hey, this is what we do here. Um, before we get into our some of the rankings we've got here, want to tell you about our good friends over at Pratt Dental. They are they are the only dentists in the state who are certified in the BioClear method, which can help correct many aesthetic dilemmas in a permanent and less invasive manner than traditional treatments. The uh, Pratt Dental can be reached at 308-221-2800, and they can be found in North Platte, Nebraska. Make sure you check out our friends over at Platt Dental. 
Pratt Dental, not in North Platte. There we go. <laughs> there he goes. A lot of Platte and Pratt getting a little. There we go. But uh, appreciate our friends at AM590 ESPN Omaha and ESPN Tri-Cities and our friend David on the War Horse Yeah, let's Sports get to Club him, hotline. and then you can finish typing up this information. I'm trying, yeah, I'm trying to get our, our thing together here. David, what do you what do you want to talk about today, bud? Hey, what's happening, fellas? What's, what's going, going on? on? Not much, man. Just you know, I'm trying to get a little R&R on my day, my Robbie and Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy I could suffice. Yeah, right. We got, you know, I, I was I was sitting here wondering, I was listening to you guys talk about, you know, the, the quarterback situation and sitting here wondering, you know, I wonder if there is anyone in the 2024 class that uh, is mobile, doesn't turn the ball <laughs> um, athletic, you know, big, you know, efficient with the ball. I wonder if there's anybody. Maybe, maybe even now. local, maybe no. even local. Yeah. You know, local would probably be even better, wouldn't it? You know, <laughs> you would think so. You'd like that, wouldn't you? Uh, yeah. Let me guess. Let me guess. He's not committed to go anywhere yet. He is not committed yet either. You know, he's. I think he's been to Indiana recently. You know, um, uh, just wondering if that's. Uh, I think this is wishful it. thinking, David. I don't know if anybody fits that bill, right, Robbie? <laughs> oh wait! Oh wait a second. There's a guy over at about 90th and Pacific that looks a lot like what David's talking about. David, you just had to rile yeah, him up this morning. Like <laughs> Sounds a lot like what you're describing to me, actually. So, but yeah, I wonder though too. You know, the I think a lot of us, at least a lot of us that are, I don't know, in this in this world, especially when it comes to recruiting and whatnot. You, um, you know, we like Rezac a lot, but mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if you, you guys saw. I'm sure you did, but Suckup uh, from Blair mm-hmm. looked mm-hmm. at that PWO yesterday. So I'm just wondering what that does in that situation and. And they didn't offer him a scholarship, which is good. But, you know, and typically they only like to take so many from a, a, a certain class, right? So, I don't know. What do you guys feel about, um, you know, what that does for the situation? Yeah, David, appreciate the call. I think it certainly does complicate it in terms of if you're trying to bring in another uh, quarterback there. I, I don't think it prevents it necessarily. The preferred walk-on guys generally – with coaching staffs don't get counted Mm -hmm. the same way as a scholarship guy does honestly your bigger issue is probably nebraska being okay with taking two scholarship quarterbacks so all of this is in terms of why they haven't offered rezak or you know giving him a big look yeah or or uh, frankly any other quarterback right you know georgia is um you know georgia's taking two quarterbacks out of the top 10 this year including uh dylan rayola well look what texas has going for them yeah, they have murphy got, they have manning manning may enter the transfer portal yeah. next year with how what how much they like that murphy right kid. and obviously you've got yours who, who won the job outright the last couple years um after spending a year at ohio state making some coin um you know there's there's no reason not to take multiple quarterbacks in my mind but some staffs don't like doing it some quarterback recruits don't like having other quarterbacks in the class which to me would be a red flag if I if I'm recruiting a quarterback and like listen as long as I promise that hey the best guy is going to play I don't have you know I don't have any preconceived notions about you you and this kid and whoever else is in our room already are all going to get a fair shot to play assuming you don't have some stud coming back right then if a kid backs away from competition like that, like maybe I'm okay. Like maybe I'm okay passing. Competition there. is good, man. It's always good. It's good. It's good for everybody, and especially with the transfer rule the way it is now. There's no reason to be afraid of it. Back in the day, where you were, it was going to cost you a year to transfer and whatever, I could kind of understand it because it could really derail your college career a little bit. If say a new coach came in and he had his pet quarterback and didn't give you a fair shake, 
whatever, right? You're in the wrong sport. If you don't like competition. If you don't want to even be a part of losing and your who's, job. And who's the last guy you heard of, right? I'll wait. Who's the last guy you heard of that got handed a job, didn't have to fight for it, didn't have to earn it, and that worked out well for anybody? Let's not even just stick in the sport of football. Anywhere. Look in, in anywhere. Life. life. Yes. Broadcasting even. Anywhere. You can have all the resources in the world, right? Because yeah. more people have resources. Look, I, I worked my way up to where I am. Mm-hmm on the radio by going through school, by going to different states and, and just finding like my path that way. I didn't have a father that grew up. I didn't my father isn't uh Ian Eagle. Yeah, you don't have you don't have And yeah. and that's not taking a shot at Noah Eagle. Jeez. Noah, Noah Eagle. Eagle. There we go. I notice how I put the I in in, <laughs> in the in the Eagle. Um that's not taking a shot at Noah no. Eagle, but he went straight from college yeah, he had a, to calling NBA games on the radio. Easier path. That, that, but that doesn't take away the fact that he's, he's he isn't good. awesome at what he's he does. He's really awesome. Right? You yeah. have to be good at what you yeah. do. Some people just have more resources than others. It's the same thing in recruiting. Yeah. Right? Did your dad play? Did your dad not play? Did he play for this team? Does he know the coach? Like, can he get you in? Is that Even one thing? Like, or are, are you from a high school that has a good relationship mm-hmm. with the university? Are you from a uh, powerhouse? Like, if you're at IMG, you've got a better shot at getting recruited than it's you everywhere. do than you do just from a regular public school, right? Competition is everywhere. Yes. And everybody's journey is different, but that's mm-hmm. how that's what makes you who you are. Think about the quarterbacks that they have in the room right now. Jeff Sims was once the the top quarterback recruit, not, maybe not the no, top, but, but one of highly the top, really right, one of the top recruit. quarterback recruits in the yeah. country, goes to Georgia Tech, plays right away, mm-hmm. and just never really found his stride, right? And then he, he never had anybody challenge him for the job either because at Georgia Tech, they didn't, they couldn't get another guy of his caliber. Then he goes to Nebraska and still um, just, just never amounted to maybe the hype that followed him. That doesn't mean that he's not a great teammate because on the sidelines, he, he looks, looks like, like a great one teammate. of the best teammates yeah. out there for Harburg. But then you look at Harburg's story. Harburg came from a small school in Nebraska, mm-hmm. right? He comes and, you know, quarterback wasn't working out for him. He was willing to go play tight end this year. Whatever he needed to do. And then they're like, no, we should probably keep you in the quarterback room. But that's the mentality that was instilled in him because he didn't have the same path mm-hmm. or maybe like the same um, skill ability at the time that Jeff Sims had coming out of high school. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so that's just that's just how life works. And if you work toward something, if you work toward a goal, more times than not, you'll achieve that goal. But you have to be willing to hit every every rocky turn, every pothole in the road. Absolutely. To get there. You may eh, – your car may break down. You better run to your destination <laughs> now, right? Yeah. That's just how life works. You have, to stri- you have to strive for something. You have to be – you have to have that desire to, to want to get somewhere and know that nothing's going to stand in my way of getting to getting to this spot. And those are the guys that you see being successful over and over and over again. And that's the hardest thing to measure in talent evaluation, right? It's so hard to see whether you're watching film, whether you're just talking to a kid, whether you're just getting to know him. It's so hard to see who has that and who doesn't, right? That's the biggest variable in all of talent evaluation. And if anybody tells you otherwise, they're lying to you, is who wants it the most. Because sometimes the five-star guy does want it the most, and that's when you end up with an incredible Mm -hmm. athlete, a superstar, a Hall of Famer, right? Sometimes the most talented guy does want it the most, and then you have this whole other thing, right? You've got guys that turn into the 
all pros or the all stars or whatever the word is that you want to measure them by, right? These generational talents, right? When they want it the most, it takes them to a whole other mm -hmm. level. Now, if you're talking about a guy, I mean, take it out of Nebraska. What did we see with the 49ers, with Brock Purdy? You know, that actually was on my mind the way when you were just talking about that point. Yeah. On how Brock Purdy was great in college. Yeah. Really good for Iowa State. And totally forgotten about as a pro prospect. Totally. We talked about this a little bit yesterday with Avery. Is just totally disregarded as a pro prospect. But what did he do when he got into that system? He didn't let the third overall pick in the NFL draft. No. Push him out. Or the quarterback who'd already been to a Super Hurt Bowl with feelings. that franchise. Right. Right. Jimmy G wasn't highly touted, was highly paid, and had already been to a Super Bowl with the 49ers. He put his head down. He went to work. And when he got a shot, what did he do? Never let, let that go. job out of his hands again. He never lost a regular season game. Nah, still hasn't. <laughs> we'll see. I'm sure he will eventually, but today is not that day. Um, we will be back. We are halfway through the show. Uh, we will be already. We have more than we're flying through this thing, and I think I have my list done. So we'll get to that in the nine o'clock hour. Let's do it for our ideal seven on seven Olympic football team. We'll have all that and more coming up next here on Herd at Sports Radio. Welcome back as we wrap up hour number two here on Herd at Sports Radio. I'm Ravi Lula, Andrew Rogers here with me, and before we get to the next bit of nonsense we have scheduled for you here today, I want to tell you about our friends over at Rockbrook Camera. They are not just about selling you a camera. They're about helping you become a real photographer, whatever that means for your life, whether you're just recording memories like your sister's wedding, like my guy Andrew was at this weekend, or if you're trying to become a professional photographer to get paid for your work, Rockbrook Camera has you covered. All the latest technology like mirrorless cameras, you can trade in your old gear to help you upgrade to new stuff, or you can... Take advantage of their extensive rental program. You can check all this out at www.rockbrookcamera.com. Also, you can check them out 168th and West Center in Omaha or 70th and Pioneer in Lincoln. You know, speaking of video recording. Yes. Um, <laughs> I tossed around the idea of attaching a GoPro to like, you know how they do that at weddings, like a, on a fireball handle or yeah, yeah. You know, something else. And I tossed around that with uh, my fiance to do that at ours, and she was kind of hesitant at first, but she, like, seems down for it at the same time. But also in this day and age where, like, people just get sick, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> and sickness is kind of, like, overshadowing our society. Yeah. Um, is that the move? Like, should I Maybe do not. that? Maybe not on the bottle. You know what would be kind of fun is to have it on the bartender. Okay. Just have him like so he just you see all of his interactions with the with all your guests all <laughs> yeah, night. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'd rather put it on the bottle. <laughs> that would be more fun. Just be a little goofy there. Uh, coming up here at nine o'clock, we're going to talk to our friend Mike J. Schaefer of Husker twenty four seven. We're going to talk a little bit of the Wisconsin side of the Wisconsin Iowa game to wrap up the show. But during the break, I was working feverishly, feverishly, to bring you this list of players that we think we're trying to build our ideal flag football team for the Olympics. We're not going to wait from, for them to announce it's actually in the Olympics. We can't take any risks. We've had enough national embarrassment with the basketball team. LeBron's coming back. Joel Embiid's playing for Team USA, which I guess is a thing. I got to pull out my calculator you, app to get to $15. So, so you've got 15. What's up, Shane? Who's your coach? Ooh. Kyle Shanahan. Come on. He'd great, be great. Him, him, McDaniel would Andy be great. Reed. Andy Reid would be great. Um, 
Oh, uh, Eberflus for sure. <laughs> Unbelievable. You can keep him. And do you bring? <laughs> do you bring their? Do you bring their entire staff over? I mean, do you bring like the entire Chiefs organization with you? Ooh, maybe. I don't know. It's like the it, entire organization. That's kind of cool. I think I like that. With the uh, I don't hate that thought. So with the basketball like model, they kind of pick well, and you're choose, a Raiders right? Fan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Nobody from the Raiders is getting picked. Josh um, McDaniels. No hard pass. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's say you're bringing your entire staff. I like so when that. We, we pick a coaching staff. Let's say you're picking your entire staff. So I didn't put coaches in here on my dollar system. We'll separate them. They can just be free. Yeah, they can like be you, free. You, you, just, you just take them with you. So here's here's where we're at with our – And do you, when you choose defense, are you choosing like, like you do in fantasy? So we're doing offense only, right? Just like fantasy football, we're just yes. doing yes. offense Because they only. also <laughs> have to play defense, right? Don't your flag football players yeah, have so to play D2? Yeah, so you're playing both ways basically. Yeah. Oh. So you probably have like one defensive specialist and then one offensive specialist, which is going to be your quarterback. And then you can have one defensive specialist to even him out. I'm telling you, Kyler Murray could be a sick safety. <laughs> Maybe better than he is a quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go through this. All right, so your $5 plays. Andrew has $15. And I can choose, like, five $3 plays, right? Yeah, absolutely. I could just choose the entire $3 You've got section. your salary cap. You okay. can do whatever you want. Okay? Andrew has $15. He needs to choose five players, a quarterback, a mm -hmm. running back, two wide receivers, and a tight end. Let me write these down. All right. Carry the two. All right, I'm ready. Is, did I catch a niner in there? <laughs> um, all right, you want your $5 players first? Yeah, give, give me the uh, – Or you want to go five, by position. Give me the quarterbacks. All right, here's your quarterback. All the way up and down the list. $5 quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. That makes sense. $4, Joe Burrow. $3, we start to get to your elusive that you want. We've got Jalen Hurts. I'm already writing them down. <laughs> $2, we've got my guy, the GOAT, Brock Purdy. <laughs> all right. And at $1, we have your guy – the Kyler Murray's a steal at one dollar. The, the Kyler Murray. In, in this, he's a steal at one dollar. You going Kyler Murray? I'm going here? with Kyler Murray. All right, one dollar. Because spent. this, look how much room I have to now grow you have here. Fourteen dollars left. Hold on, make sure you do the math on that. Oh, one. I did. Fifteen <laughs> minus one equals fourteen. All right, here Last you want I running checked. backs or wide receivers? Uh, let's go RBs. All right, your five dollar running back, Christian McCaffrey. Pretty good. Four dollar running back, Austin Eckler. $3 running back, Travis Etienne. Mm. $2 running back, Brees Hall. Okay. And I pulled a change up on you here. $1 running back, Saquon Barkley. Whoa. So it's a it's a value play there. I don't know how good of a fit he is at flag football because he's very physical, right? Physical, yes. So he, he is elusive. He's, he's quick. Okay. Let really me, good receiver out of the backfield. Let me skip because I really want to put McCaffrey here. Mm -hmm, but you want to. But make, I want to make sure you that budget. I. You got a budget. Yeah, I got, I got a budget out. Okay. So So let's go. Let's go to wide receivers. Okay, wide receivers. We've got five dollar wide receivers. Are I think I can steal one five dollar wide receiver too. Tyreek Hill. Okay. And Jamar Chase. Okay. Four dollar wide receivers are Cooper Cup, and Justin Jefferson. Wow. Three dollar wide receivers. We've got the Browns, not brothers, A.J. Brown and Amon Ross St. Brown. Mm. I like his brother's name better, Equiminius. A.J. Brown is going to be on my team. Okay, A.J. Brown, $3. We are down to $11. Okay. Your $2 wide receivers, Devontae Adams, Stephon Dix. Wow. Dude, the receiver depth is insane. Holy moly. The receiver depth is so good. $1 receivers, C.D. Lamb, Boca Nakua. Jeez, if Lamb's a $1 register. All right, I'm making McCaffrey my running back. Okay, so you're spending your $5. Yeah. So I'm, now I'm down five. I got six bucks. Six dollars left. This is easy. I got it. We I'm, going, already, I'm already done. We're going Polka? Nope, I'm going CD. Going CD, $1. All I right. I got it. Now we got your tight end. I got end. my team. No, I'm good. 
It's who's Travis Kelsey. Tight end, right? You got enough money for Travis Kelsey? <laughs> All right. All right, so let's read. The, who's your team? So Kyler Murray at $1. Okay. McCaffrey at $5. Okay. A.J. Brown at $3. Okay. CeeDee Lamb at $1. Travis Kelsey at $5. Okay, and you, I think you still have a dollar left over, don't you? Do I? Or no, you had your CD Lamb. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. there's your one dollar. No, that's it. That's a great team. I'll take that. All right, so let me do this on the fly here. Let me see if I can. Let me see if here, I. Can I'll do type it. in fifteen for yeah. you. So I'm gonna start with my guy, Brocktober, Brock Purdy, minus two, minus two dollars. Okay, all right. I'm gonna write this down. Great distributor of a football. I think he'd be terrific in flag football. All right, here. I'm. We're posting these, so let's I'm gonna, do it. I'm gonna have uh, the socials. Those on the socials. Let's see him. Rate our team. Let's Shane, have him rate our I'm teams. having you make one too. We should also let's also put on the socials what the options were. Oh yeah, yeah. So other sure. people can chime in as well. Uh, if you've got your team you want to put together, you can give us a call at eight 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 six three eight four eight seven six on the Warhorse Sportsbook Hotline. Um, okay, so that's my 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 ride or die, Brocktober. Yep, got at two dollars. Um, you know, I think I'm gonna take Nakua with one dollar. Mm. Though he is always open. Those kind of slot receiver guys that Puka. are. Super shifty, really good at getting open. That dude is always open. I want him on my team. So I've got $3 spent so far. Um, man, let's see who I want here for my – I think I am going to go Christian McCaffrey. Wow. Okay, so here we go. MC. Selfish. It is selfish. Okay, I so like my minus 49ers. Five, minus one. You have $7 to play with for one more wide receiver and one tight end. Oh, no, I said I – said, uh, Poka. Oh, no, I got, yeah, one, more, one, more, one, got more, one more. One more. So I've got $7. Mm -hmm. All right, let's see who we got here. So my options, I could go, I kind of, I kind of want to go Tyreek Hill to take the top off of the okay. D. Um, if you did, then you have a $2 tight end. Who's Kyle Pitts? Ugh. You want Pitts? Who's my $1 tight end? <laughs> did I do a $1 tight end? Hold on, I need another tight end. Who's my $1 tight end? Where'd he go? My one, I don't even uh, give me, hmm, is Laporta a $1 tight end? Uh, we can make him a $1 tight end. Hold on. Let me look at my options real quick on $1 tight ends. I forgot to put a $1 tight end. That's Do you have to use me. all your money? I don't think so. I mean, I don't know. I can always upgrade somewhere else. I don't think I want this. <laughs> Although I do think he'd be good at, at, at flag football. Um, I'm not sure. That I don't he, think he's as good as people thought he was. I think he's. I, I don't know. A little bit is the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. I want to give. That's tough. I, I want to check that off uh, the list, but I still don't think he's as good as people thought he was going to be. That's entirely possible. Uh, oh, no, I forgot. I, I had Mark Andrews. I want to go Mark Andrews. Is that two? Uh, one. He's one dollar, so I got a dollar. Mark left. Andrews is below Kyle Pitts. I meant to do Kyle Pitts, or I meant to do Kyle Pitts at one and Mark Andrews at two, and I screwed it up. So we can call <laughs> Mark Andrews my two dollar tight end. We're well, gonna, they, if it's, we're gonna fix this here. Andrews is two. Yeah. Pitts yeah, is one. This, this makes a lot more there sense. There we go. There we go. I got it. Listen, <laughs> okay. I was doing this on Decent the fly. Team. I had like three minutes. Give me a break. Here. Decent team. <laughs> All right. Shane. Shane's up. Let's get Shane in here. Shane, what do you think? I don't know. I mean, we're we're going to break here. So. We're going no, naturally. <laughs> here he goes. He's I bet in one minute you could come up with a team. He's going to take the whole break and come up with somebody. All right, quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo, running back Jimmy. Josh, Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams, Adams. <laughs> Hunter Renfro, and Devontae <laughs> Adams, Jacoby Myers, and tight end. Mm, he still and loves this guy even though he left. Darren, Darren Waller. <laughs> <laughs> There'll probably be a few lions I'd probably take in there. Oh, you could do Jerry. Amon Ra, Amon Ra. Okay, let's okay, yep, let's go yep. on. All right, here we're gonna do Amon Ra, Saint Brown. 
<laughs> amazing Daniel on YouTube. He missed the setup, so he's so confused at what we're doing right now. So, amazing Daniel, there's a rumor that the Olympic Committee is considering flag football for the Olympics, and so we're putting together in one of those social media style, you have $15 to make a team deals. Uh, we're putting together a just a little uh, fantasy flag football team. Ken says McCaffrey, Hill, and Purdy. The rest doesn't matter. Well, Shane, <laughs> Shane, what do you think quarterback-wise? Like people under 48 inches? Because Kyler Murray would fit perfect in that category. He would He would be pretty solid at that. We have uh, seven total guys on the team, correct? Like uh, five. five. Five total guys on the team. Hmm. It's all right. Because Shane, one guy has to snap, right? Okay. Yeah, we'll figure. Well, so we've got five total guys that we're picking. On an actual team, it would be seven. Seven. Right. Yeah. We'll figure it out later. You'll be all right, Shane. We're just oh, the only person I'm putting in on social media for Shane is St. Brown because he's alive. That's the only That's one. That's the only guy. Uh, coming up next, we got Mike Schaefer from Husker 24-7. Welcome back to Herd at Sports Radio. We are here with you on AM590 ESPN Omaha. ESPN Tri-Cities and joining now on the 9 o'clock hour, KFOR in Lincoln. I'm Ravi Lula. Andrew Rogers here with me today. We are having all sorts of terrific discussions about <laughs> things that probably don't matter um like a it's the best type of radio it is like a flag football uh olympic team that may or may not ever happen because they haven't decided if it's going to be the olympics or not yet uh but what is or should happen is you should head on down to warhorse sportsbook oh that's where i'm at once a week in lincoln once a week they are the best place in nebraska to place your sports bets you can go down in person they've got plenty of kiosks plenty of sports book tellers to take your wagers you can what would an over-under on flag football look like, like on a typical game? Probably an arena line. It yeah. would probably be a lot like an arena football line. Probably. So high. I think you could probably, you know, I, I whatever props and bets you want to put out there, Warhorse Sportsbook has you covered as well. You can get their app. you got live lines and things like that. You can build your wagers, then go to the casino, scan the QR code. And, and who am I kidding? I'm make the actual a week. <laughs> make the actual <laughs> bet from there. Go to warhorsecasino.com slash sportsbook for more information. Um, we are waiting on our friend Mike J. Schaefer from Husker 24. Mike J. Schaefe, put out the bat signal for Schaefe. Come on now. <laughs> I don't know. Is that, that it? I, is no. that the Schaefe signal? I don't know <laughs> if that's. <laughs> does he respond to bird calls? <laughs> Oh look, there he is. No, I'm just kidding. I was hey, if that worked, that that's incredible. Uh you and you and Shafe have a connection I didn't even know about. Just the bird calls to each Gosh, other. Gosh, when I, I talked with Shafe, this was a couple of months ago. He was doing interviews of media members in town, mm -hmm. like just across the board, and he asked if I would uh, hop on the podcast with him, and uh, we had some good conversation there, which we can have more of because He's he back. answered he, the call. He answered, He's here. He answered the bird call. Uh we appreciate uh, Mike J. Schaefer for, for joining us as always. Schaefer, what's going on, man? Well, not much. How we doing? Schaefer, what's going on, my guy? I it's been uh, it's been a minute, Andrew. It has. Now, it. Uh, how are you feeling about the Justin Fields revolution? <laughs> this always <laughs> happens, like for six games. You'll get six good weeks out of Justin Fields, and that's about it. But let's also not skip past that the Bears beat two bad teams. Very bad. Like, yeah. Washington is not a good team. No. And uh, the team before that was, well, he, he didn't beat they Denver. Lost. No, it should have been. Yeah, <laughs> they, they should have beat Denver. Denver but, but he played well in that game. He did play. He's the played well two weeks is, in a row. 
their high school offense can go up against Minnesota's defense here this week. Can't they, wait. They have a chance of winning that game. So I was the most excited person the Bears won last week because it means that their first win wouldn't be against Minnesota this week. So do we still in, have in the, essence, everybody was happy. You know? <laughs> do we still have the one and two pick locked up right now temporarily? Essentially. Yeah, I think so with the Carolina pick. Yeah, is there, you know, I, I think I asked this question last week or I was thinking about it. Is there a franchise you would trust less with the first two picks in a draft <laughs> than the Bears in any sport? The, the St. Louis Rams. Is there, is there a choice? Is there a, is there any franchise? Well, you can we get in a time machine and take like the <laughs> 1990s Clippers? Yes. That would be bad. Yeah, 90s Clippers would not be well equipped. Um, today, oh. the answer might be the Bears. It's up there. Not, not to make you more depressed about your football team. Or <laughs> yeah, can't wait till April. <laughs> <Andrew>. <laughs> well, knowing the 49ers, they'd pick somebody with the first or second pick. It'd no. be a total bust, no, and then they'd get somebody in the seventh here's, round. That here's, how this, here's how this will go. The, they'll have the first overall pick, but Caleb Williams won't want to go there. Yeah, so because he already openly stated that he'll, he'll only play for five teams. He'll go back to college. Um, go play for Lincoln again another year. Correct. So the Bears will keep fields, and then they'll trade the, the number one pick. And they're going to want to get Marvin Harrison, right? That's going to be what the Bears want. And then whoever gets the number one pick is going to draft Marvin Harrison <laughs> from underneath them. And then the Bears are going to have to settle with somebody they didn't really want, or they'll trade out of that pick too, and I'll get so hyped for the first two picks of the draft and you'll get and end of them? up with picks for days. For years. To follow. <laughs> for years. Who's the consensus third quarterback behind Drake May and uh... – I and don't, Caleb Williams. I don't know that there is a consensus third. I mean, you've got a cluster. I keep hearing how great this quarterback draft is, and it's like, isn't it just Caleb Williams and Drake May if you're into Drake May? Like, right. I don't know. Is Riley Leonard up there? He's up there. There's a there's a cluster of guys, I think, from um, – I think anywhere from Riley Leonard. Some people like Michael Penix as a first-round quarterback – um, I think some people are talking about J.J. McCarthy that way. I don't know oh if you're talking gosh. about. When does Bo Nix enter the league? It seems like he's been in oh, college Bo Nix, for Bo Nix is years. part of the group they're talking about. Um, I think None of these sound like quarterbacks that I would be enthusiastic about my team taking. Well, you know. And since my team is going to take a quarterback, <laughs> but probably not bad I mean, that's, to get one of Well, you, are you going to lose Justin Jefferson too? Is he going to follow Kirk Cousins wherever he goes? They're best friends. So you got to watch out. Hey, I don't need the Bears taking another UNC quarterback, though. Like, sorry, Drake May, I can't do that. You again. can't do the Trubisky thing again. No. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. There's, I, I kind of agree with you though, Shafe. There's, um, there's just really a cluster of quarterbacks after Drake May and Caleb Williams. I don't know that. I mean, I guess Shadur could come out. I don't know how people feel about him. Uh, I would take him over every other name mentioned besides Caleb Williams, probably. You'd take him over Drake May, too? I Yeah, maybe. That one's, like, closer to a toss-up. Uh, but I, I would definitely take him over J.J. McCarthy. Are you kidding? Like, that's uh, – I don't – I mean, I don't know. I, I, I would take well, I don't. Sanders. I'm not insinuating that either of you like J.J. McCarthy, but he's, like, one of those names you see in a first-round mock, and you're just like, uh, I – I don't think so. I don't want anything to do. Uh, I think Quinn Ewers is in this draft. I think some people are high. Obviously, there's a talent level there. I don't know how people – I think some people are talking about him as a first-round pick, though, as well. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's a 
I think, I think we're trying to make ourselves believe that this is a good quarterback first round draft. Yeah, because so the I quarterback th- play in the NFL is bad. I right. think there's two guys that people feel pretty good about. I think there's one guy that people feel really good about. I think there's another guy people feel pretty good about. And then there's a group of guys and that second group, which is probably mostly second and third round guys, if we're being realistic in uh, any other position, they're all going to get talked. People are going to talk themselves into taking half of those guys in the first round. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know that you look at this group after the top two and say, hey, this is a I think it's maybe a deep quarterback class. I don't know how good of a quarterback class it is, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Okay. All right. Well, that's exciting. I can look forward to Christian Ponder 2.0. <laughs> Listen, uh, I, I remember sitting there. Oh, goodness. So that I was, pick. Um, so, Shafe, I was, I was covering the draft for uh, – covering is a loose term – for Bleacher <laughs> Report at the time. And I'm watching this thing happen. And keep in mind, I watch a lot of Florida State football, and it, it shocked me. Shocked me that somebody was like, yeah, Christian Ponder, first round. That mm-hmm. makes sense. Yep. Yeah, well, here's the thing, <laughs> and I don't know that it makes it come across any better. Who they really wanted was Jake Locker. So, <laughs> yeah, that's worse, probably. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, because there was the run on quarterbacks in that class, and it was, right. it was Jake Locker as Christian Ponder. I'm trying to remember who Blaine else. Blaine Gabbert, Cam Newton, oh, and then Blaine Gabbert. The fifth one taken was Colin uh, Kaepernick. In the yeah, so round. Gabbert slid right to. Seven. Seven. Okay, yeah. I couldn't remember how far he slid. But, yeah. So, that was another one of those, hey, we've got a great quarterback class. And where exactly did that get anyone? Um, So, you know, it's always – I feel like we do this a lot with quarterbacks. Like, oh, it's a great class or it's a terrible class. Well, guess what? None of us know anything about quarterback play in terms of what it's actually going to look like. That's the – We tend to guess wrong. Yeah, I mean, everybody does. I mean, look, Anthony Rezac still doesn't have an offer. But – here we go again. <laughs> Got to get it in where I can fit it in, right? Shafe, if you want to write that down, that's the second time on the bingo card. So just uh, write that down. To be for fair, me. somebody else, Cody brought, or no, Dan brought it up the first time. So. Yeah, but you also, <laughs> you know, stirred that pot. Like the, it may have been the chicken broth to the soup, but you brought every other ingredient. That that might be fair. Um, Shafe, let's uh, let's start with Nebraska and Illinois. Looking back last week, it's been uh, there's been kind of a wide range at least from the people I've talked to of opinions about that game some people I don't want to say they're angry about it but they're kind of frustrated about how it looked and then I'm kind of in the camp of hey you can't complain about road wins in conference those are all like those all count as as much as anything so I guess where did you land as you kind of process that game and you talk to people was it more kind of frustrated about how ugly it was or just kind of happy to get a, a road win in conference i think it at least in the conversations i've had i think it's been a lot of both i mean i i think people would have liked nebraska to just take control of the game the opponent's just giving you uh you know and put somebody away I, I think a lot of it was that right like that result was still pretty much in doubt until the end of the game and nebraska was in control of that game pretty much from the fourth down stop on and yet it never felt like they got to just put an opponent away. And one of the hallmarks of kind of the Scott Frost era was that they didn't put opponents away. I mean, and so I think this fan base was like nothing more than to just see Nebraska show up, play clean, put a team away when you have that opportunity. But that's not who they are. I mean, I, so I, I think that gets into the second part of this. 
most of the fans that that I am at least engaging with are more than happy to tell you that this is a deeply flawed team. Mm -hmm. So with that being the case, you can't really be that upset about getting a win on the road against a team that, yeah, you think you're better than. And I think Nebraska, I thought coming into the game, the wrong team was favored. Um, I just think Illinois is about as bad as you're going to find in the Big Ten West this year, which is, you know, a lot of these teams. So I, I like Nebraska's chances going into that game. I thought that they had ample opportunity to put it away and just weren't able to. So I think some of the annoyances from that, mm -hmm. I think Matt rule is still paying the price for saying um, things like we hope to become a good fourth quarter football team to which people just took to mean we're already a good fourth quarter football team. <laughs> we'll make no mistakes ever again. Uh, you know, and then I like, here's, here's where it is for me. There was times on the field Friday where Nebraska had its backup quarterback, it's fourth string running back, wide receivers six, seven, and eight, mm -hmm. you know, Thomas Fedoni and Nate Borkercher, uh, whichever one is tight end one or tight end two for you, and their offensive line. And it's like you have to at least acknowledge this hasn't gone remotely to plan on offense. Like, so and you're three and three. Yeah, it's hard to sit here and be too upset about things when you're back to 500 and you don't have a single one of your starting skill position players on the field on a critical down against Illinois on the road. Like, so it's, it, it clearly hasn't gone how they had hoped. So they've had to adjust this thing as, as the season has continued to roll on. And to me, that should be a feather in the cap of the coaches for being able to adapt to what has been a horrific start to the year. But around here, because excuses have been, more plentiful than wins. I think people are are sort of tired of that. Mm -hmm. They just want to see wins. Mm -hmm. And even now, when you get a win, it doesn't even really feel like it counts because nobody gets to feel good after that. Right. It's just a cycle of uh, of mediocrity and the backlash to it. I think is sort of some of the anger that you got out of people on Friday night. So we, I guess, what we move toward now during the bye week is figuring out what needs to be cleaned up, what needs to be tightened up. What is number one on that list for you, Shave? Yeah, and I look, I understand what Matt Rule said after the game. I understand that he's mad and he's talked to the conference and that this is happening. If they can't curtail the false starts and the procedural penalties, well, like, what the hell? Mm -hmm. I, there, there's no excuse for any of this. Like, mm -hmm. I don't. I can accept what he's saying. I can acknowledge that that would be difficult, and yet I can watch other teams around the league not jump off sides five times in a game, or excuse me, have a false start five times in a game. Get get lined up, you know. Like so, it's the fact that we're in game seven of this season, and we are still seeing a Nebraska team struggle to line up and get a snap off without a pre-snap penalty or just having guys lined up correctly. But that's a little bit frustrating. And there's, to me, there's no element of excuse for it. Like those, that's something you can control. You can't control that you have to play your number seven wide receiver, your number four running back or whatever it is, mm -hmm. number five running back in some cases. Uh, um, you can't necessarily control that. You can control your ability to line up and play football as you're instructed to do. And I just think too many of their mistakes on offense are sometimes self-inflicted that if you clean some of that up, this team is, is hardly capable of getting you 325 yards on a normal night. Don't make them try to get you an additional five yards every third play. You know, like that's just, that's not a recipe for success. So to me, that's something they can absolutely control. 
and should be getting better at, and it doesn't feel like they are at this point. Shafe, so if, if it's your the head coach during this bye week, you're focusing way more on cleaning things up versus maybe trying to get Heinrich Harburg more comfortable. I mean, maybe you can do both. I, I guess my question is how much do you think can reasonably be accomplished in the bye week, whether it's even just trying to clean those things up, which I assume they've been working on since fall camp. I guess just what's a reasonable expectation of, of yeah. change and adjustment in a single week? I don't tend to look at the bye week as an opportunity to really revolutionize what you're doing. Um, and maybe that's the wrong way to look at it. But to me, and especially in college, the bye week is an opportunity to sort of like reset where you're at mentally, give yourself a little bit of a break and get prepared for the final six weeks of the season, physically give yourself somewhat of a break. But I mean, I, I tend to believe that six weeks into the season, you sort of are the version that you're going to be, at least from a schematic standpoint. Mm -hmm. I don't know that there's anything that's going to occur in a two-week stretch that's going to allow Heinrich Harburg uh, to, to come out and start playing a position in a way that um, is just going to get everybody on board with it. Like, I think you're, there's going to be an element of his game that sort of feels like it's somehow both at its best and worst when he has to freestyle a play. Uh, you know, And there's times where Friday was tough because I think the conditions played into it. But there was times on Friday where he had to, to work through progressions and he made the right read, mm -hmm. you know. And so it's not we're, – we're seeing competent quarterback play from him at times. Um, but it's just – it's also hard because there's no margin for error. There's no one else that he can really rely on. So I guess I don't, I don't know what I would expect to change in those two weeks, uh, you know. And we'll see if, if this isn't an opportunity for them to try to roll Jeff Sims back into the picture. I mean, depending on where that ankle is at that is mobility because to me if he's not able to move um with his feet you got to keep playing Heinrich Harburg like I just think that that's the biggest thing um I don't I don't care if his arm might be slightly better it doesn't it, this offense lives and dies on the quarterback run game and it will for the next six weeks so you're gonna need both of those guys at some point Shafe I, I I'm reading a comment that just came in and uh Shane, can you pull up that last comment uh, from, from Dion? He said, I think Frost leftovers are not very intelligent. And, like, you know, I don't, I don't want to, like, strike it that much in, in regards to incompetency, but maybe we twist the question this way. Um, can the ugliness also be attributed that it isn't fully like Matt Rule's team that he created from scratch? Or, you know, once he does get all the bodies that he recruited in the room – do you think all the, that stuff will kind of figure itself out? Or is that something you just have to work through in college football? I think it's something that you just end up working through. I mean, some of it stems from, like, if you look at the people that are in the positions that they're in, like those names I all rattled off. That was the fifth college football game for Heinrich Harburg. That mm -hmm. was the first real snaps for Emmett Johnson in a meaningful situation. Same for Jaden Dawson, Malachi Coleman. Alex Bullock is like his sixth. Uh, you know, so there's a lot of inexperience there. And yet some of where these mistakes are coming from are from some of your offensive linemen that have been, you know, in plenty of college games have been around the block. So some of it is inexperienced. Some of it is lackadaisical. I think it all kind of works together. Um, I think that they are uh, at a bit of a talent deficit on offense. And so to me, that's what makes those penalties even more frustrating. Like you have, like, 
you have less of a margin that you can just give away yards than other teams. So you have to be better in, I guess, in the margins, if you will. You, like you, Nebraska needs to win the penalties battle more often than not because mm-hmm. they don't have the offense that can just get those yards back easily. Like they, they have more to gain by playing clean football than a team with a more competent offense. So all that to say, like there's a lot that works into this. Uh, I don't know that it's just a competency thing. Um, but a lot of it to me is just a combination of inexperience, talent, maybe some uh, lackadaisicalness on, on the fundamentals of what you're supposed to do. And a lot of it is they're a transition program. They're playing like a transition program. This isn't what I expect Nebraska football to look like in 2024 or 2025. But it's what it looks like when you're just trying to get to six wins on a schedule where it's right there in front of you. And you're doing everything you can just to have more points than the other team. And I, I can accept that being ugly. And I can accept that not being what the program's going to look like, but they still have to get better in the things that they could do. Shafe, uh, wanted to ask you about what the recruiting looks like during this bye week. I assume that's where a lot of the emphasis will be in terms of what they're trying to accomplish along with what they're trying to get done with their own team. Um, what does the recruiting schedule look like for some of these guys? And, and I guess are you expect in uh, any kind of visits or, or anything like that on the horizon? Yeah, I think the interesting thing, and I, I'll be 100% honest, it's not like I have the, the schedule of what they're going to do in front of me. So this is some some slightly educated hypothesis as to what might happen this week. Sure. But the, the single thing that I'm going to be most focused on is are we going to see them pop up with new targets or is a lot of this week getting out, seeing some of your commits, making sure those guys still feel good about things, getting down to Miami where Ja'Cory Barney has a visit to Arizona in November. And, uh, you know, he's been going to the University of Miami off and on uh, for, for visits. I mean, is it, is it as simple as just getting down there and making sure a kid that's going to be an early enrollee is locked in with you? Because you need Ja'Cory Barney in January in order to help your offense move forward. Uh, is it getting down to, to Lancaster and, and visiting Kawan Lacey? Where, oh, by the way, Lane Kiffin on his bye week just happened to stop by the school mm-hmm. on Monday. You know, so some of it to me is making sure that you're re-recruiting Carter Nelson. Are we going to see him on the sidelines at at, uh, USC Notre Dame? There seems to be some belief that that's a possibility. So some of this week to me is making sure your house is in order, um, more so than maybe trying to find some new players on the horizon. Now, you can do two things at once. You can get to these spots when we're talking about going to Miami and Dallas. Guess what? There's a lot of other schools that you can hit there, too. And you can see some 25s and 26s and and of that nature. I'm not expecting a lot of new 24s to appear, but as soon as I say things like that, Matt Rule seems <laughs> to find a guy under a rock in Texas that nobody's seen that 24-7 sports analysts fall in love with. So, I mean, I, I, I should know better than to say those types of things, but I am anticipating this to be more of a uh, clean up what your, your house kind of looks like and then transition a little bit to 25s and 26s. Shafe, I'm curious, with the 2024 class sitting where it's at at 26 commits, how big are you expecting this class to get? Is it kind of just, hey, they'll find whatever guys they like and figure out the numbers later? I guess, what what are you expecting this final class to look like? Yeah, you know, with the way that this is set up, I think a lot of it is just take what you want and then figure out the numbers as you need to. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, they took some developmental chances in the last class. I wouldn't be surprised if some of those guys move on pretty quickly if it is apparent that they're not going to be able to play wide receiver or defensive back or something based on, you know, just athletic guesses of them. So 
I would look for this to be a class in the 30s. I think there's still a few more high school guys they want. And then, of course, they're going to have to get involved in the transfer portal, too. And we're just kind of in that age where, you know, that 25 number just means nothing anymore. So uh, they'll take what they want and they'll, they'll try to shoehorn it into the roster as they need to. You can extend out scholarships with NIL easier than ever now. Mm-hmm. And we've seen them do that already. That's Mike J. Schaefer from Husker 24-7 Sports. Schaefer, we appreciate it as always. We'll catch you again next week. Thanks, Schaefer. All right, guys. Have a good one. Try, good and, from you. try and stay busy out there, Schaefer. I know it's – Try and stay busy. That guy? It's that time of year. I don't think he know. has to try. Well, try He and, just stays. He does stay busy. He's, he's, a, he's a grinder, as they call him, getting all that recruiting buzz for you. We appreciate Schaefer as always. All right, coming up next here on Herd Out Sports Radio, we've got half hour left on the show. I'm sure we'll get into something. That's Andrew <laughs> Rogers. I'm Ravi Lula. Or more coming up next. Welcome back to Turnout Sports Radio. I'm Ravi Lula. That's Andrew Rogers. Yo! Got a half hour left here with you on AM590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities, and KFOR in Lincoln. Looking at, you know, kind of trying to figure out, because I've got the, the degenerate gambler <laughs> next to me. We're kind of looking at, you know, he brings out the worst in me. And how did Miami's, <laughs> how, how did Mario Cristobal not get fired? I get that it's egregious. How did he not get fired? Because who else is Miami going to hire? How did he not get fired? I mean, you're not firing a guy midseason over that. It's a terrible call. Cost you the game. If I cussed on air right now, yeah, which is about not taking a knee when you don't have <laughs> another team doesn't have a timeout. Like I, I would absolutely get suspended or you know probably suspended. I don't think you get fired on the spot. That depends on what I say <laughs> and who you say it about. You can say anything once. Uh, well, sometimes. <laughs> um. You know, but so I'm lo- we're kind of looking at the slate of games. And so I've been doing this pick 'em league with uh, a couple of my buddies. And basically, it's a league is aggressive. There's three of us. We literally are just picking five college games, five NFL games. And then the winner at the end of the season gets a, a bottle of booze purchased by the other two, yeah, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So that's kind of been what I've been focusing on my, most of my attention because, it, you know, it's the pride as much as anything, right? Um, but. I'm kind of looking at this slate of games, trying to figure out. Uh, and I did okay last week. I went, I think, 4-1 and one in the NFL, which I was happy Not with. Not bad. And then I think I went 3-2 and two in college, which is okay. Um, well, anytime you're in the winning Listen, above winning 500, column, which yeah. my first week was brutal. It's awful. So I've been digging out of a hole ever since then. Uh, but I'm looking at some of these games and trying to figure out, okay, what, what, uh, you know, what lines do I like this week? But I – there's not a ton of stuff I love. This no, week. I'm going to struggle placing college football this week. I, which is which is a shock for you because <laughs> you rarely struggle uh, to find bets to make. <laughs> okay. No. Am so, I wrong? No. Spot the lie. Yeah, yeah. Mr. First inning unders over here. <laughs> hey, now it's first inning overs. <laughs> Anytime home run. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All the time. I had four touchdowns last night in that uh, in Monday Night Football game. Okay. Why did I think four touchdowns would ever be scored in that game? I don't know. <laughs> um, so I, I'm i struggling right now in the NFL. Well, so you, you mentioned how you do college football picks. Mm-hmm. I do that in the NFL with yeah. a group of people. Yeah. And I've gotten second place now three times. Oof. How many weeks of football have we seen, Robbie? Five. Five? And I got second place twice. Guess how much money second place gets every time? Zero. Zero dollars yeah. and zero cents. <laughs> and it all comes down to Monday night football's or the Monday night football game. And you lose. And it. <laughs> either I have the same pick. Yeah. 
as the, the guy, guy in first, yep. but he has them w- either with more points already attached mm-hmm. or with more points potential because it, it goes – we rank them from 16 to 1. Sure, you're most and, confident. To, right. So like a bowl pick them, So I made the Packers 11 last night. Okay. He had the Packers at 4. Okay. But he had five more points than me. Okay. Well, if the Packers would have won, I would have won. Yes. Do they have – So he needed the Raiders to win. Naturally, the Raiders won. Of course Do they, they have gambling in Missouri? No. So do you have to drive to, like, southern – Illinois. Illinois. If I want to bet on DraftKings. Okay. Um, or Hamburg, Iowa. <laughs> or Hamburg, <laughs> Iowa. <laughs> or you just do what we do and go over to Warhorse Casino. Yep, and I do that when I'm back. Those are when you're in town. Yeah, yeah but I can't town. drive from St. Louis no, to Warhorse. It's a little just, bit of a trip. Just to be a degenerate and then drive home. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past you, I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> Thanks, Robbie. <laughs> Appreciate you. Uh but yeah, no, I I I'm getting tired of finishing in second place there. Fantasy football's looking okay. That's so like a long term. Do you guys do like a weekly prize? Yeah, so everybody puts 10 bucks in each week. Okay, so the winner gets the— okay. Right, so if That's nine, cool. nine people play, right, you know, you end up winning 70 because—well, you end up winning 80, technically, because— you put in the 10. So. Well, and also he keeps the 10 for the next week. Sure, gotcha. So he'll send you eight—whatever. Gotcha. Um, okay, a little pick em league. I but, like it. So I, I kind of—I started getting into the Sleeper app. Okay. Have you ever heard about that for yeah, fantasy, so per- that's fo- fantasy my, football purposes? My work fo- fantasy football league is through Sleeper. It's the first time right. I've used it. So they also have um, like a betting icon. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I'm not too familiar with the site, but a buddy of mine uses it here because it's, it's legal to use in Nebraska. Mm-hmm. But it's only like certain player props. Yeah, it's like almost daily fantasy type right. stuff. Right. Um, and that's how they get away with it too because you could also use DraftKings daily fantasy in, yes. in Nebraska. Uh, but so he, he turns me on to this and you can do any game. Like you could do anything from the NFL all the way down to college Mm -hmm. and and not high school or anything like that. Um, (laughs) if you could, that'd be crazy. (laughs) Anthony Rezac over a half a touchdown. Uh, (laughs) That would be what Robbie bets every time. Whatever the Um, line is for West side, I'm taking the, I'm taking the points. You're taking the points. Um, so sorry, I'm reading this now. (laughs) <laughs> no, <never You're> <laughs> don't worry about it. I, 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 have, I placed a bet on, on Sleeper on Friday. And I, I broke my cardinal rule. Never bet on your team. Uh, never bet on the team you talk about. Ooh, yeah. Because um, in St. Louis, like, I was never on the radio religiously. I, I did a, a, a Stanley Cup show when mm-hmm. the Blues were there, but I never bet on the Blues in the Stanley Cup because I didn't want to be – even more mad on the radio <laughs> yeah. if I talked about a loss yeah, um, or kind of get lost in the excitement of a sports bet win. Mm-hmm. I-, I wanted to take it from, you know, a neutral perspective. Mm-hmm. So I broke my cardinal rule and I, I found out on Sleeper I could do some prop bets on, on Nebraska. Okay. So let's just go to Andrew's Twitter page here. Yeah, what I, I did we find out here today? What did we find out on the prop bets? <sighs> I'm going to break this down for you. Everybody watched the Nebraska game, right? Right. I would assume so. The bets that I had were Tristan Alvano, because he's my dude. Yeah. uh, Over a field goal made. Okay. Got it. Thomas Fedoni. Yep. Over 23 and a half yards. Got it. Luke Altmaier. Yeah. Over 183 and a half yards. Passing. Got it, I believe. Got it. Yeah. Um, I... 
is it Casey Washington? I can't remember. Um, Washington, the wide receiver for Nebraska. For no, oh, for for, um, uh, for Illinois. Illinois. Yeah, it's it's C Washington. Yeah. R- regardless, over one and a half receptions. Got it. Got that. Yeah. The last one was Anthony Grant. Oh no. And I'm smiling. Oh no. Because <laughs> it was over 56 and a half rushing yards. Oh no. So it goes green for me because he ran for 57 yards. Yep. Okay. So then, now now you either get insurance, right, yeah. like if you keep running the ball or like three minutes left in the game, you know, they could have given, you know, Emmett Johnson a little bit more time. By the way, happy birthday. Um, <laughs> so Grant gets the ball again on the next carry, first and ten. Mm-hmm. In the red zone, mm-hmm. runs for two yards, mm-hmm. stripped. Fumbles. Ball goes backwards three yards, yep. recovered, technically a one-yard loss. For Anthony Grant. So it goes from green – to, to red. red. Just like that. 56 yards total. 15 to win 167. How mm. about that? Well. That's and that's a, and that right there. That's and a tough break. You know what's funny is, like, I didn't let it bother me because I, it was just so laughable. Yeah. Like, I saw it coming. <laughs> I saw it coming from a mile away. Um, I, I knew I was going to sweat that thing, You've especially couple, when he went out with injury. Yeah. You've had a couple of doozies like that in the past. Oh, tons of doozies, yeah. So, you know, I just laugh about it. So, I um, I, <laughs> I was watching uh, them win the game, mm-hmm. and I'm like, you know what? That's all I care about. Yeah. That's all I care about is the win. And normally when I bet against people, like if I bet four like yeah. another team, normally mm-hmm. they end up losing. Sure. So in Nebraska's case, I'm just going to start betting on every team they're playing. There you go. <laughs> and you know what? We're undefeated the rest of the year. We're going nine and three. Nine and three, baby. Let's right go right now. Right to the right to Indianapolis for the Big Ten yeah, championship. We, we don't have game. anybody hard to play left, right? <laughs> Maryland. I mean, Maryland, I think, is the best team on the schedule. Yeah, that was such a brutal beat because you know people were texting me like, "No, that's not how the rule works." Like, didn't they recover it at the line of scrimmage? Like yeah. you know, all that stuff, which I thought they did. Yeah, I sure. thought they recovered it at the line of scrimmage, but um, apparently not. Apparently, the ball was spotted at a one-yard loss, mm. and um, he went from 57 to 56, and I, I lost. Spotting that. the ball is the worst thing in football. It is. You, you could be so off on that. Well, they were so off last night on Monday night. Dude, the, the spot – like, listen, I know this is a whole other How thing. How many reviews did we see about a, a third and one or a fourth and one turning into a first down because they actually crossed the, the line to game? The amount of just – crapshoot on every single play of spotting the ball that we never talk about because it's just some random like second and six and it doesn't become a matter until the end of the yeah end of the first half or the yeah. end of the second half or if it's a fourth down versus a first down So what happens on the first set of plays i mean you're just gonna let it go by yeah i mean there's probably over the course of a game like dozens of yards that just are evaporated one way or another that we never <laughs> account for because they just don't spot the ball right. Like, it's a, I mean, especially, it's a total crapshoot. Like, it, there has to be a better way to do this. Like, sensors you know in the football. You know what something. we need? We need the Toy Story claw. I, I'm Right? Did anybody watch the Toy Story broadcast? I did not. <laughs> oh, you didn't? I did not. Well, <laughs> I saw some of it. Neither did I. Sure. Well, talk about that over the break uh we've come we'll wrap up the show on our next one welcome back 
Fred Out Sports Radio wrapping up the show here on a Tuesday. Andrew's jamming out. I don't, I don't know what's happening I over like here. these new beats. <laughs> Shane, Shane did some work, got some new music in there, eh? Shane's been busy. He's been in the lab, you know. Been on the ones I'm, talking, I'm talking uh, in my uh, Canadian accent now Eight? because it's uh, NHL over Hockey season? Yeah, mm-hmm. there you go, officially. That's Andrew Rogers. I'm Ravi Lula. Uh, wrapping up your show here on a Tuesday. Um, so I kind of <laughs> – this is random from what we've been talking about today. Uh, what isn't? I, well, that's fair. Uh, well, I, the other topic was even more random, so we'll maybe save that for Thursday. <laughs> but <laughs> it is, uh, to say the least, not sports-related. Uh, but The other topic? Yes. This one is sports-related. And I'm, I bring it up because I sort of follow a lot of – Boston media, um, because I'm a Red Sox fan, and so obviously during you are yeah Never a little bit, a little bit people you know people people forget, um, but during obviously football season they all cover the Patriots, and there's kind of this sort of growing sentiment that Bill Belichick might be in trouble in terms of like keeping his job with the Patriots. It has not been great the last handful of years. You go seven and nine. 10 and 7, 8 and 9, currently 1 and 4 since. Did Tom. somebody big leave? Yeah, so they had this quarterback. I don't know if you're. It was kind of a late round draft pick, so probably wasn't that good. Um, but he left after about 20 years of playing quarterback, and it has not been. Bomb awesome. Trady? So close. Chom Rady. Uh, you almost had it. Um, <laughs> Dom Grady. <laughs> Dom Grady. I think that's a real person. <laughs> Grady Little? No, that's a different. Oh, no, wrong guy. No, wrong guy. That's getting nightmares about Grady Little. <laughs> um, so I, so there's there's kind of the center, and I, I didn't really believe in it at first. I was like, come on, you're not firing Bill Belichick, right? Like, that's stupid. Until I'm waiting for the Un- however. Until <laughs> there is apparently, and I don't, rem- I don't know if you remember this at the time, there was a big sort of feud between Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick. Yeah, because he liked Velveeta more. Uh, yes, no, uh, Sorry about that. <laughs> because Kraft wanted to take care of Tom Brady, pay him whatever he wanted, and keep him in New England for the rest of his career. And Bill Belichick has a famous track record of saying, hey, I'm not overpaying anybody. When I think they're done, ship them out of town. And Bill Belichick won that battle probably on the track record of, hey, look how many times I've done this, and I've been right every single time, right? One that pops up really fast to me is like Logan Mankins. People are like, what are they getting rid of Logan Mankins for? Boom, he was done as soon as mm-hmm. they got rid of him. They were fine on the offensive line. That's happened a million times over over Bill Belichick's career. Randy Moss was also another really good example of that. As soon as they cut him loose, he was back to being what he was before he got there, you know, in like his Raiders days. No offense, Shane. Um, this sounds like a die by the sword <laughs> type of moment here. Yeah, so it, it's – Apparently, their, their relationship has not been great since that moment because Robert Kraft loved Brady, but he sided with Bill Belichick. And he's, Bill was wrong, right? Like, he missed. Like, he, he just missed on this. Mm-hmm. Either he was wrong about Brady, which is probably true because he wouldn't win a Super Bowl that very next year with Tampa, right? And then was good until he retired. Or certainly better than the, <laughs> the quarterback play in New England's been. But... I, I think there's a legitimate chance that Robert Kraft might pull the plug on this thing. That would shock the heck out of me. I don't know about midseason, but at the end of the would season. Would you be shocked if this is Bill Belichick's last year in New England? Um, I think I would. Really? I think I still would just because 
Because like, this isn't a very good football team. Like, he built New England. He did. So that's why it would shock me if they ever were to fire him. If he were to come out and say, hey, I'm looking for new opportunity because of, yeah. like, forced resignation or, or whatever. Or if he's um, just like, hey, I don't want to do, deal with a rebuild. Right. Like, if he, if he just said, hey, I, w- I want to go do something different, I'd be like, oh, okay. I, c- I can't wait to see where he ends up. But if I saw the word fired and Belichick on the same headline – that would that would completely shock me. It would because prob- of all he's done sure. for that for that franchise. But it would probably be right. It'd probably be worded as mutually agreed mm-hmm. to part ways. But that's right. he got fired. Right? Maybe like that's right. the only. Right. Maybe that's the only way he will leave from there. I'm sure it is. Yeah, I just I, I mean maybe it's just if he's he's going, he's gonna get fired. I'd be surprised if it happened mid season. I kind of am leaning towards. I think this is his last year with the Patriots. Well, you you just never can get a good read on the guy. Right, or, or he doesn't any give situation. You well, there's just little resistance there. Yeah. So, if he were to leave New England, yeah, and stay in football, I think that's a more interesting conversation. Sure. So let's than, say he does. Then, if it was just a mutually decided to part ways, Bill Belichick's out of football, he's retiring, whatever. Yeah. So to me, he's a lifer, right? So if I think that he gets let go or decides to leave from New England for this after this season, I mean that doesn't strike me as a man with a lot of hobbies, right? So he's kind of like we were talking about with Kirk Ferentz. What do you think his hobby is, like outside of football? I think he golfs, maybe. I think I've heard that. He seems that. like a fisherman. Ooh, maybe. He seems like he's got some fisherman vibes. Does he invest? I, uh, I, think, I think I'd have to I'm play I'm going to say he's so conservative that yeah. he doesn't do anything with his money. I like, mean, the only place his money goes is a savings account in the bank. <laughs> maybe like a mutual fund or something, like real Like, <laughs> real like a Roth IRA. Yeah, he's just like, no, I've just, just been putting in my New England Patriots 401k all these years. <laughs> <laughs> also, I don't know if he needs to worry about it. Yeah, investing. I think he's probably okay. <laughs> um, but, no, so, so let's say that he is done at New England in this year. Where where does he go? Because I, I I do think he's a lifer. I, I have the perfect landing spot for him. Okay, let's let's hear it. The perfect landing spot would be in Los Angeles, okay. not with the Rams. Okay, but with the Chargers. The Chargers. If you first off, I don't like make your I, pitch. Staley is not it. No, he's not. So if haven't liked him, I thought it, I thought he should have been fired a couple of weeks ago. Still hasn't because yes. he's gotten lucky and they were on a bye. Yeah. Uh, but aside from that. Mm-hmm. Bill Belichick would excel coaching up Justin Herbert. Mm-hmm. You have a good running back in Austin Eckler who kind of represents a lot of what the running backs were like in New England when TB was up there too. Like somebody that is just a good, strong, you know, top option at running back. I mean, they, they made it work with LeGarrette Blunt mm-hmm. for a while. Not yep. to say that that's Eckler. Eckler's much better and yeah. younger, but still. And has a lot of the same skill set of, like, the pass-catching running backs that he was doing And for defensively, a long time. he's got some, dudes, he's got some yeah. dudes on that team. That's a that's a defense that should be way better than they are. And if Bill Belichick goes there, think about the free agents he could also sign when he gets there. Sure. Because New England is in a spot that I, I'm itching to go to. Right. No. Not, not just because like the team is bad, but like to live there. I, I don't know if I want to live in Boston, Massachusetts. Like, Especially that's just not for me. You work there outside in the winter. Right. Like not awesome necessarily. But if you could live in Los Angeles where the weather is pretty nice and it's a, all year. I mean, you're let's 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 just call it like call it how it is. Mm-hmm. Like you're rich. You're sure. going to go into a rich community yeah. and just be with a bunch of other people that. Dress, act, and, you know, do everything similar to you or sure. have a job that pays as much as you. That's your environment. 
So let me give you another alternative here. Are you ready for this one? Bill Belichick, head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Um, yeah, uh, I w- I would worry, and this is a this is a weird worry. Yeah. But like, they've tried so hard to get old coaches to be like the coach. I know you got like Parcells. You've got yeah, like and so that worries me to where like Bill Belichick may look at that situation and just say. Eh. But he would be a perfect fit after I think McCarthy. He, I think he would be, be a perfect, perfect fit, fit, right? Um, a lot of things in place to be competitive right away. Um, great know, defense. Really great defense, which he would probably make even better. Um, you've got – That just gives me, like, the heebie-jeebies. You've like, seen him, like <laughs> – it, it reminds me of seeing the Kevin James memes of, of Sean Payton, right? Like, that's what I think about with Bill Belichick <laughs> in, in Dallas. I'm just saying, that I think that would low-key be a really good fit. I think it would work. I mean, you could see it. You yeah. could absolutely see it. And I could easily. And he's an upgrade over and, McCarthy, and right? And look, Robert Kraft, Jerry Jones, like, they're, they're pretty they're much basically the two, side by side. Two most powerful owners. Right. It, sure would make, it sure would make that Dallas 49ers game more, you know. That'd be better. interesting, right? Yeah. Because that was, I mean, it was interesting for me on Sunday night. I know for the rest of the country it probably wasn't as enjoyable. But, I mean, he's obviously an upgrade over McCarthy. I think he's still an upgrade at this point in his career, right? Mm-hmm. We don't think he's lost his fastball? No, I don't think so. So, like, I think he's an upgrade over McCarthy. He's an obvious upgrade over Staley, right? But those are kind of teams where I look at where kind of perpetually underachieving but have the talent in mm-hmm. place because he's not mm-hmm. going somewhere to rebuild, right? He's not going to Chicago. No, g- God, no. I, I don't know why anyone would. Las Vegas? I wouldn't go there either. I don't think there's enough but in place I mean, there unless he's obsessed with Jimmy. On the, or the money. Yeah. With, like, yeah, the, the area. Just a paycheck, right? Yeah. It's a little warmer. I mean, it's nice there, too. I mean, Dallas and L.A. are both pretty warm. Mm-hmm. It's obviously warmer than New England. But but he also wears sleeveless hoodies, so I don't think he cares too much about the cold. Listen, so. he's living his best life out there, just <laughs> sleeveless hoodies right. all day. I just, I, those are kind of the places I look and say, hey, that would be an obvious upgrade mm-hmm. in coaching and a place where he could win right away. I, I don't know. I kind of think Dallas. It makes it it's gives, interesting to, it gives to, you a to little talk ick, about the it? Patriots without Bill Belichick. Yeah, I don't even know what that looks like. Like, who do they go get? I think I, I think they I heard probably they, go sign Josh McDaniels again, right, oh, Shane? Gosh, that I, would be awesome. He'd <laughs> be, I'd be thrilled. Get him out of here. Yeah, why, why, why are you doing that? Hold on, Andrew. Why are you doing that? Come on, man. Hey, congratulations to Joel, by the way. Yeah, he just got a sick. Job upgrade. Not to say that working at the no. Omaha World Herald wasn't great for him, mm. and we're going to really miss him on the beat at Creighton. But for but what he, he wants to do, has forever wanted to work in the NBA. Wanted to be an NBA writer, and, and he's getting yeah. that chance with Oklahoma City. Yeah, he's going to the Oklahoman. Um, going to cover uh, daily beat writer for Oklahoma City Thunder. So we appreciate all the time that we got to spend with Joel we'll, around we'll, here. We'll try to talk to him whenever the listen, OKC I'm, Thunder get back into the playoffs. Huh? I, uh, listen, might be this year. They got Chet. They got Shea. Who knows? I mean, they weren't supposed to make it last I year. I kind of like that roster a little bit. But con- congrats to Joel. Honestly, uh, really appreciate all his time and, and hope he enjoys his new beat. Uh, Andrew Rogers, that's the show. We're done. Already? We'll see you sometime this week, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. All right. That's Word at Sports Radio. Have a good one. We back.